Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 268 of Pop Culture Crisis. Merry early Christmas, by the way. My name is Brett. I am here with my guest host filling in for the day. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hi, I'm Hannah Cobramo. I'm a writer for TimCast.com, and I am a substitution for your regular get or co-host. Yes. Uh, but, uh, hey, but I have a complaint before we start. Go for it. Brett lured me up here by saying we could do a Christmas background. And as you'll notice, there. it's beautiful, but it's not Christmas. So please complain to Brett. He is trying to be a Grinch and get out of Christmas cheer, which I don't appreciate. Look, okay. I will admit that I am uh, like when, I, when I, I'm not, look, I'm not a, I'm not an interior designer. I, I, it took long enough for me to develop the backgrounds back here. I'm like, I, I le- actually, at one point I went downstairs, I looked at some like wreaths and like, like stuff and I'm like I don't know how to do this right <laughs> Brett's like who do you think I am Martha Stewart exactly who, who am I who I, I am not the male version is there a male version of Martha Stewart does that exist um you know there are probably some serious male decorators but I can't say I know any off the top of the my property head. brothers does that count Ralph Lauren which is fashion he does a lot of Christmassy stuff because he's all a plaid but I don't I, I I wouldn't say he's the interior designer Anyways, uh, shame Brett in the comments, please, because uh, that's yes, important to me. It is my fault, guys. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We've got Spider-Man news. We are going to get into that right at the beginning. We're just going to fly by that. I want to make a couple of announcements. We're going to talk about the fact that Avatar, The Way of Water, has already surpassed Black Adam's entire box office run in less than a week. We're going to talk about ageism in Hollywood in relation to Michelle Yeoh, the star of Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which I finally got right for a long time. I kept, you know, getting that name wrong every time we would do that uh we're going to talk about uh was hugh jackman has his own opinions on whether we need gender neutral awards and let's face it guys anytime i see anything about award shows i make sure hannah claire is there for that there's also some people saying that the batman got snubbed at the award shows which means that's how far we've come where it used to be that uh popcorn movies were not seen as any type of oscar contender now they're saying that they got snubbed so we will get into that we are also going to talk about sean penn being a perfectly awful human being he, he really is perfectly awful uh and we're going to talk about him and then how he contrasts with tim robbins who's kind of come to his he's another actor who's come to his own awakening is in regards to covid vaccines we're not political but we love actors and scummy actors and actors that have come forward and uh, admitted they were wrong we will discuss that we're also going to talk about netflix this is like it's like a crime and punishment segment where it's like netflix you could go to jail or 
Now these movie studios could get fined for false advertising. So we would get into that as well. Are you ready, oh. Hannah Claire? I'm ready. She's ready. All right, guys. So we're going to get into it first. Uh, this isn't like a, a big piece of news, but I do want to just fly by this. So Spider-Man 4 is definitely happening, and this has been confirmed by Sony Pictures. So Tim Rothman, who is the CEO of Sony Pictures, basically said, yes, they are doing Spider-Man 4. And from what I see here is that they've signed Tom Holland. I know how much you love sequels. I, I know how much you love sequels. I, I just love them. They it's, are what I think it's the, what the you best. Think. It, In fact, I prefer to skip the first movie and watch, you know, the third, fourth, fifth. Not even the second. I feel, No, 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 no. It's like, I don't know if you know this about movies, but the more sequels you have, the better they get. Yes. Plot lines get stronger. I've and things that. make more and more sense. Did, um, you, did you watch a Fast and Furious movie? No, no. Uh? to be fair i didn't think i was gonna be that on that is true <laughs> that is true uh that's fair enough. i owe you guys one i'll what you owe them two actually by now i think yeah well <laughs> it's starting to get into the territory where if i don't watch them i'm gonna have to go to that one in theater and i don't know if i can do that yep uh, so, <laughs> so tom holland I, I mean i've seen whatever the most you went with us to no way home yes. yes and i had never seen any of the other ones Tom Holland is great. Like, he does yeah. a good job. He seems like, you know, a nice, popular... He's a perfectly likable, like, right. uh, as far as, like, what you would consider an action star today. Mm -hmm. He's still kind of tiny, like, yeah. compared to your, like, with the... He's not a Sylvester Stallone or a, or an Arnold or, or an Arnie, right? But he's, like, he's what... Him and Chris Pratt are what passed for action stars these days. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He's, I mean, uh, he signed on for three more movies, meaning that another trilogy, and then another three additional appearances, meaning that he's going to do... Dare, he's going to have an appearance in Dare devil born again uh the series starring charlie cox and then he's also probably this is a guess on their part probably going to appear in avengers kane dynasty in avengers secret wars so <clears throat> more sequels <laughs> i just don't get this like why do we have to have and if you look at me and say it's because they make money i will riot it's because they make money Stop. i get that they make money but like to a certain extent what is the purpose in some ways like if you were Tom Holland, you're making a lot of money doing the movies, but wouldn't it also be helpful to, like, transition this into, like, at what point do they just become, like, mini-series on Netflix, right? Like, we're doing all these sequels. It would probably make more sense eventually to just yeah. be, like, we are, we have two or three movies, and now if we want to keep this character around, like, it's got its own. I mean, that's what Rob, you know. they did with Robert Downey Jr. He did his trilogy of Iron Man movies, and then he became basically a utility infielder whose name recognition and the popularity of Iron Man was used to bolster other films. Mm -hmm. Actually, he was used to bolster Tom Holland in the original Spider-Man movie. Yeah, uh, they brought him in. So, I mean, I don't. I mean, Spider-Man is. If we're talking cream of the crop, if if Batman is DC's. Uh, moneymaker, then Spider-Man is Marvel's biggest character. So yeah. it's honestly, it does them a disservice to put him on TV. It right, does. and I get that apparently I'm the only one who's like, look now, four movies is too many. <laughs> and he's young, right? So six the, is a lot. Like, six I can't is a lot. I can't think of a, somebody who's gotten two trilogies. Like two trilogies where the movies out of the same character. I don't know if that's happening. Right, and I have to believe that. Or part I, how many? How many Bond movies did Daniel Craig make? Five, I think. Five. I think five. Yeah. So I mean, pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Well, I have to think with Tom Holland. Part of it is that he's charming. His character is young. Right in No Way Home, they're like getting into college. So there is a lot of time left to tell yeah. the story and what is it like to become the adult. Yeah, he's Siren. young. Well, and also he's dating his co-stars Zendaya. Right, yeah. so people like them. As a couple, and they're notoriously private. So in some they ways, just bought a house together. Or something that's the I rumor. Saw. They're always like, rumored to be engaged, but they're <laughs> both. They're both like I don't know, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, something like that. I think he's twenty six now. 
He's, he's, up, he's, he's ancient. <laughs> but, but she's taller than him. So he's a short he king. He is. But like what I mean is people get this glimpse into their relationship by watching the movie. So I could see in some ways, I mean, not actually, we don't know what they're like, yeah. but you get to see them hold hands and say they're a couple, even if it's nothing like ha- yeah. their actual personalities. I could understand where they want to capitalize on the uh, sort of double fired hype of this movie. Yeah. I just, Maybe I don't he'll know. appear on Euphoria. <laughs> I've heard that he did. I heard that there's like a there's like a rumor that he asked to do it, and like there's a shot of like the high school crowd like in an auditorium, and someone like zoomed in on and circled and was like, "It looks like Tom Holland." Like he just did like an extra role, but they did um they did that with uh, Matthew Lillard appeared in Scream Two at a party, even though he was the bad guy in Scream One. Wait, is Matthew Lillard the guy who played? scooby-doo yes or like shaggy yeah, shaggy that guy's yeah. amazing yeah he is i mean he's in is it called serial mom that uh oh, I, he was in he was in the bridge he's a really good dramatic actor you just don't see like he, well he's an slc punk everyone remembers mm. him from slc punk but he was a really good dramatic actor but they just they threw him in to scream too like in a in like an extra scene yeah also people are mentioning obviously uh hugh jackman played the same character for like 20 years but like we're like was there six individual wolverine I just think, movies like but- if you want i don't know no one cares about my opinion on this but like why 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 do these work i just don't get it i mean in some ways i guess it's just like every year a new spider-man movie will come out and so we'll go well, like this is now going to be the first year since 2017 where there won't be one every other year um, like, but like, and people are sad about this. Yes, they're upset. Well, they are like, upset. Well, he's he, like I said, that character transcends like movies. Like Spider Man has been a part of pop culture. Like I talk a lot about how do these companies make their money if they're not making their money off the movies. He, there's no one that moves more merch mm-hmm. than Spider Man. Yeah, and that's. I mean, it's been around forever. Even yes. I think of like uh, long before like little kids T shirts, right? Like they're still selling yes. Spider Man logos. So let me ask you a question: Tom Holland's gonna do. Uh, Four, where it's there, you know they're gonna bump it up to ten Spider-Man movies. Uh, do you no, think six, that six Spider-Man? A hundred. Do you think that they're also able to do like what I remember is Spider-Man being an animated series that was like yep. part of Saturday morning the cartoons? Anime, yep. Do they still release that kind of Spider-Man content, or is it sort of uh, locked down while these? You know, big movie studios. I don't know if maybe the chat knows if there is uh, if there's a Spider-Man animated series right now. I mean, we have Miles Morales. the The Miles Morales version of Spider-Man has the animated movies, meaning that those are the across the into the Spider Verse and across the Spider Verse, mm-hmm. based on the Miles Morales alternate version of that character. The one of the rare examples where even people that normally don't like race swapping tend to like Miles Morales mm. as that character. But it, in general, like Spider-Man makes so much money because he translates well to adults and children meaning that there who's it there's a there's a really funny instagrammer named kayla sullivan that does these videos she's like a mom and she does all her videos as if she's giving news reports and she's got her her son is always with her in these videos and he won't wear anything but spider-man clothes like that just proves to you that even in the year 2022 uh a little kid still just wants to be spider-man it's interesting to me in some ways that like if we're looking at the context of things that like are so universally beloved that children know about them, yeah. even though like you're not taking your five-year-old to see Tom Holland's Spider-Man yeah. movie, like it's just too hard. But the same thing doesn't really happen with like. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. 
Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. the Disney princess thing, right? Like you could have like a five-year-old boy and he's obsessed with Spider-Man and they're still producing Spider-Man content for adults. Mm -hmm. But with the Disney stuff, it's like you can have, you know, a girl who's obsessed with Little Mermaid, but when they try to make the live action Little Mermaid, it doesn't get the same kind of fan. You know, it can really only be the classic first one where Spider-Man has had so many iterations and to a certain point, people love, you know, the cartoons. They love the Tobey Maguire, like... Why doesn't it work the opposite ways? Because superhero content is more relatable? Does it yeah. like transcend time? Um, probably just because uh, it speaks to both. The the grown man still wants to be a superhero, just like the, the little boy does. The little girl but, maybe gets beat down by the real world and realizes being a princess isn't the thing. I just, I just saw this the other day. I didn't even put this up there today. This was surprising stat that says from the, the Disney earnings call, 50% of Disney Plus subscribers are adults without children. How many of them are men without children? <laughs> that, is a, that is a very good question. You would have to, you would have to ask them. Unknown but I'm just saying like, that kind of speaks to what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like, what it is is like, it probably is now adult women who want to pretend like they can still be or, or like hope that they can one day be the princesses. I think the men fall into it more because of the story. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they love the the character of uh, of Spider-Man more than they fall in love with just the idea that uh, they can be a superhero. Right. And are some of the like. And the uh, comics have deep lore. Yeah. The comics are. Peter Parker has decades and decades of lore. Right. And the themes of like fighting crime, yeah. justice, evil, whatever. Those last and are something that become something you're more aware of like are the themes in spider-man movies and superhero movies something that you grew up with and grapple more with as an adult whereas like things that are geared towards girls are something that you kind of deal with in childhood and then you leave behind it's funny i because i mention this all the time if you watch batman the animated series now it is extremely like poignant to adults most of the Mm -hmm. first season is about like business corruption like it's like it's it's like I mean he's still taking on man bat like mm-hmm. a, a a huge like human bat but yeah. it's but most of it has to do with like how does he become man bat well a, a corrupt business and like like there's a lot of that in those stories and like I feel like those are stories that like as they they can transcend youth and they can include like there's a lot of talk about like how you can incorporate adult themes mm-hmm. into kids entertainment or kids themes into adult entertainment meaning like. Uh, Batman transcends it because he's fighting crime, but it's also the loss of a parent, the loss of a loved one. Those are themes that transcend youth all the way into adulthood. Yeah, for sure. The idea of the Disney princess might have those themes buried more deeply, Mm -hmm. but they don't really, you know, like you said, women get beat, I feel like do get beat down by the Mm -hmm. real world, uh, though I do believe in a lot of ways we've kind of 
poison the culture by telling women that they can that you have to not settle for less yeah you're gonna be a, you have to well it seems like with like women it's like they need to uh market the messaging like for a lot of girls it's like you can do it you don't need to rely on anyone like you're powerful or whatever and they need to get those messages in early because at a certain point like yeah. you kind of reach the level of life where maybe you have settled in whatever you're doing yeah. or you've partnered or whatever else with the superhero comics i think in some ways you're totally right the messages about like uh, pushing back against corruption or whatever else like they become more pressing and especially if you are an adult who is frustrated with things like you see your own world reflected there like they yeah. the messages age better and so maybe that's why you can have you know a uh four five six yeah. uh spider-man movie but you can't do the same thing with um I guess they try with like what Black Widow is that a female? Well, even, well, even think about like uh, the Dark Knight, the the Dark Knight Returns comic series. Comics in the at a certain point became for adults is more than they were for kids in a lot of ways. Mm, like yeah, they yeah. the the storytelling evolved to be something that was for adults because adults grew with it. And me and uh, Mary would actually discuss this. She's like, "Who is the audience for this?" I said, "The problem is they're going for a phantom audience now. Mm -hmm. In this case, they're going for the phantom audience of like Gen Z identity politics people. Yeah. But what it is is they have a built-in audience. It's it's funny too because they're they're pushing it away. But there's a built-in audience of fifty-year-old nerds who have disposable income that they don't want. I think that's the biggest thing. They have disposable income, so therefore they're valuable. Yeah, but they but they see it as it'll die out eventually. But yeah. you're gonna get thirty well, more years out of those. True, people. and I would think that actually, you know, with the rise of what is it? What's like anime and just generally where, uh, and I would say it couples with the rise of like video platforms and Instagram. Like we are a much more visual society yes, than we were. Absolutely. So like. I don't know, even 50 years ago, there were probably more kids who read just text than yeah. there were kids who read well, comics. Comics were it. specialty, right? Yeah. But now there's way more image based. Like I uh, have a good friend who's reading Harry Potter to her son for the first mm -hmm. time. And she showed it to me. It's beautiful. It's got all these illustrations. That was not the Harry Potter I grew up with. There'd be like an illustration at the beginning of the chapter and not throughout the book. And in some ways it's more accessible to him because the images are there, right? Yeah. Like, is that bad or good? I think in some ways... Um, comic books are becoming a more popular medium than yeah. traditional text, right? And, it, well, I mean, it's still it's still a hard sell these days. Any type of physical copy of something is a hard sell to get it. people to buy these days. It's like, I, I understand Do you that. use like, a Kindle or anything? No, I can't. I have to hold a book. To, yeah, to that's how it. I am. But, like, do Kindles have comic books? Or, like, I guess graphic they, no, novels? They have, uh, there's, uh, yeah, there is, there, not not Kindle, but there are uh, websites that you can do where you can buy. Uh, you but it doesn't web... exist on Kindle. That's kind of interesting to uh, me. I don't know. Uh, maybe in the chat they know if they can do that on, if they can do that on Kindle. But there are, uh, I know Amazon, I don't remember what's the name of the one, but it's basically you pay a monthly fee and you can get access to all of them from from a yeah, publisher. Yeah, because that was like that. the whole thing. I would never do that. Like, I, I can't do that. No, I like physical copies of things either. And in some ways, if that's true, if, if society actually prefers physical copies, like maybe more and more the only physical Comixology, copies you can get. Comixology, that's what it's called, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, I can't, I get like... But it's I not like they make a device. Yeah. Like, that was the whole thing with Kindle. They're like, you don't need to have bookshelves. You can, like, put all your books in here and carry it around. I tried to read... Um, a Brave New World on a, on a Kindle, mm -mm. and I couldn't do it. I didn't get through it until I actually got a physical copy of it. Yeah, I so. need to hold it. And I'm actually bad. I like I like to be able to underline books that I'm reading and, like, make notes for myself, uh, which means that I also can't go to the library. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's really funny too. We were at we were at the mall recently. Like everyone, like the Barnes were you and, Christmas shopping? Ba- Barnes and Noble has a, a fairly large section of like graphic novels and omnibus mm-hmm. and everything there that you can still get access to. That uh, I just don't know how they stay in business with all that stuff. It always feels like they're just pumping out like pump and dump content. Like uh, 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 all the people there, right? We, there was a fair amount of people in that Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. but they were all in the anime section, in the manga section. Yeah, well, or and that's were, gotten bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger over time. I mean, that medium is so popular, which, again, goes to this idea that, like, of course there are 500 Spider-Man movies and they all interweave with the other yeah. characters. Like, visually presented texts or, you know, stories are gather- gaining really strong audiences. And so I am backwards. I get that. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I just... It's not a world I would have predicted We're living in. We're old souls, as they say. I, so. I'm meant to be under a rock. <laughs> All right. We're moving on, guys. So just the big news is just that there will be six more appearances from Tom Holland's Spider-Man. If there was an actor who deserves to keep playing a character, I would say he has earned that right, to be honest. What do they do if he and Zendaya break up? Like, do they kill her off? Or no, like, what's no. the game plan? They, they grow up and they work together and you deal with it, okay? Oh, okay? You deal with it. Sure. All right. We're moving on, guys. So Black Adam... Black Adam, the movie that we have made fun of, has uh, it reached $391 million at the box office. Well, Avatar 2, The Way of, the Wa- the Way of Water, has already surpassed that. That is uh, very, very impressive when you think about it. Man, sequel stories back now, to back, Brett. But this, is, but this isn't and just about this, not a Christmas guys. decoration in sight. I also, I also want to talk about, and I've got some, some notes here. We, me and Mary were talking about, we got some comments about people asking... Uh, like it doesn't need to make two billion dollars to become profitable, and I was like, okay, how much money does it need to make? Like, it, it doesn't need to be two billion because it felt like um, uh, James Cameron was being intentionally vague yeah. about what they had to make to get to profitability. Like he said, two billion. Did he mean the second and the third ones have to make two billion? Well, okay, so I'm gonna go through this first. I wanna because literally my ADD, like I was able to channel past my ADD and like like frantically work on this now i'm horrible at math so anyone can correct me if i'm wrong but i believe at the very least my assumptions about what needs to happen are accurate here so the assumptions are that a movie budget is uh movie budget plus marketing is a movie budget times 1.5 that is your movie budget plus your marketing that's your whole enchilada your other assumptions are that the studio keeps 60 percent of the box office domestically we're going to round up here and say we're just going to say 60 percent all like wholesale, this we're not going to include. This is the craziest word problem of all time. We're not going to include China, which keeps seventy-five percent of the box office commies. Like you know, uh, and then also it's that the movie has to make double its budget plus marketing to become profitable. So the idea here is that if the end goal is two billion, sixty percent of that would be one uh, one billion two hundred million, right? Mm-hmm. So the budget for this movie was three hundred and fifty million dollars. Uh, we're, it's at 350 to 400. We're going to be generous and say low end $350 million. So $350 million times 1.5 is $525 million. Mm-hmm. So that means that if you take 525 million times two, that's $1 billion, or I'm sorry, $1 billion, uh, $50 million. So he actually lowballed. So, like, so if they made double, they would make it just under. You see what I'm saying? Can you imagine how your projects were like, you need to make 
two billion dollars to just barely this be is like, who the hell like what that, coke like, snorting stock bro like stockbroker was like yeah we'll bet two billion dollars the whole hog on this like well like like, like the i stock said to you market. before <laughs> and i think part of it is that these studios are working like collaboratively right so like they're like yeah maybe avatar will lose something but maybe something else will make money like, well, they, like I, come out in the wash for us well they a lot of times like they they chalk it up to like okay will it make the money back in market will it make the money back in merchandise Will it make the money back in streaming? Uh, Disney Plus, will, will it bring eyes to Disney Plus? Yeah. I don't know about that. It gets pay VOD and stuff like that. Afterwards, right. some people will pay to rent it and stuff like that. So basically the idea here is that uh, Black Adam made $391 million total all worldwide by the end of its run. Mm-hmm. Avatar is now sitting at $555.9 million mm-hmm. after the first week. In the first week of Avatar, it made $134 million. Black Adam made 167 total domestically. Like, like I said, who's making these bets to, to take that type of risk on something like this? And the thing is, like, Disney is struggling. Like, did, like even after making, like, $555 million, it's not, it's not helping Disney. Their stock is down. Mm-hmm. Like, their, their shares are the lowest they've been since 1974. I mean, if you were in their position, like, why would you take this risk? What do you think their motivation is? Like, well, I mean, I don't know if it's because they trust James Cameron. If the idea here is, like, look, you can also put Avatar in the theme parks. That makes sense. Like, if, if you bring Avatar to Disneyland, like, you're going to make money on the back end there with merchandise. Sure, but and, you still and, have to invest money, right? You have to pay to make the merchandise. You yep. have to pay to convert the rides yep. to have the Avatar logo. Like, on top of the movie budget, they are asking to invest even more to become... Like, at a certain point, you're just throwing good money after bad, I would assume. Unless this becomes, yep. you know, the way Harry Potter, right? Like, took off and had such um, an intense fan base that span generations like you could put those logos on anything and make money but i just don't see avatar being this type of series especially knowing they have what two more movies after this like at least well uh, and when are those coming out because this one took what 13 like he's already they're already through most of the principal photography for three and four and there's a nine hour cut sitting around right now for avatar three that he's making them animate every scene entirely before they edit rather than which is like if i were the producer on this it'd be like are you kidding because you have to pay all the animators to then cut all of it like No, it's, no, not cut it. Edit com- ed- completely animated that he then cuts down in post. But that's what I mean. Like I, they're gonna cut it out. So yeah. like they're gonna spend the time to pay to animate it to leave it on the like cutting room floor. Like that is like just literally throwing five hundred thousand dollars out the window. And think about this: an hour, an hour of recorded film. When I was in film school, an hour of recorded film usually equates to about a minute of actual mm-hmm. screen time. Mm-hmm. So we've got like. Edie Falco, who played the general, the most, the least believable general in history in the last movie, said they filmed it so long ago, she thought the movie had already come out and did badly. I saw that headline. Oh my gosh. I think that's amazing. Can you imagine? You're like, I just won't talk about it either. Then none of us can say anything. K- Caper 2X says he thinks the billion has to do with the, the other movies. Uh, he said that he thinks that uh, it has to do with making the other movies as well. I don't think so. If this movie had a budget of $350 million, yeah. which means $525 million just to uh and that's the low end of that, the budget and that's the low end of the budget before you take into account the fact that the studio only keeps 60% of that mo- of that profit or of the of that income on the high end because 40% goes to the studio more if you're overseas like i said china keeps 75% mm-hmm. it might be a little bit less than that in the rest of europe but here's the thing avatar is going to make more money overseas the first avatar movie made most of its money in europe not I in mean, america 
that's super cool for them and everything but like is there enough money to be made in europe to make back two billion dollars also like all what is the next one right if he was like yeah i don't know i get the weird impressions from james cameron every time we talk about him like i feel like he's like i'm gonna do what i want and the studio is gonna deal with it's it. very like, dorky the, or like, like he a little feels bit like narcissistic like he's like no matter what i do i know that i'm right and so if this one needs two billion dollars to make it make the money back like yeah. i initially caper to right initially when we said that like a couple of weeks ago or whatever i thought it was all of the movies because it's such a big number but your math stands you're even being generous like on the low hand he probably needs to make closer to three billion if it's a higher budget yeah so what is the next budget going to be like the next movie he's going to spend even more money yeah. because if this one succeeds at all he's gonna be like i was right let's keep going again this is me speculating please don't sue me for defamation mr mr cameron yeah. but you know what i mean like where is the scott where's the limit for him and also who enforces it you know well he gets a lot of leeway like when that's the thing he clearly the, gets the a lot reason, of leeway the reason that these studios like to use lesser known directors now is because they can boss them around and they don't have the creative freedom mm -hmm. if you're a james cameron if you're a christopher nolan you have the pedigree to be like this is what we're doing like christopher nolan i'm gonna re i'm gonna recreate a nuclear explosion for <laughs> for, for oppenheimer which one is the guy who was like yeah he was the one who was like hey he, he crashed an airplane into a an airplane hangar for tenant like oh because gosh. but hey i'm here for it i'm here for the practical effects but like he's uh he's gonna keep like yeah caper 2x points out yes that was the next thing i was gonna talk about he's keeping the illustrator and the technical support team for continuity like the best thing he can do is get these things done together sure but, there's but not like a huge there's not yeah, a huge yeah, yeah. history you're keeping of the same well. people but you're still paying them right like yeah. it it just becomes this thing where like if you I don't know. Also, what's the timeline? Like, how long does he have to make the $2 billion off the movie? I told we were, like, me and Mary were joking. It's like, by the time the last one comes out, she'll have, like, her her grandkids will be going to see it by the time the last one comes no, out. No, it's crazy. Also, like, are you saying that in the course of forever, he eventually needs to make $2 billion? Or does he need to make $2 no, billion I, in the I first year? No, I do believe year? that it's the first one. I, I mean, but, like, if the first, if this one, you're saying in the first year after it comes no, out? No, I'm saying that, I like all in it needs to make at least two billion dollars for this movie to become profitable sure. it probably won't do that in its first run remember the first the second the first avatar movie didn't get all that movie in the first run it re-released several times mm -hmm. and i don't know if this is going to have the legs that the first one did because the the, in, the the same type of unique peaked interest isn't there yeah like people are going to see it and i think it's going to do well this weekend because it's the holidays well and remember when the first one came out was completely unknown quantity yeah. whereas now people know I need Carter Banks to be here to be like, <laughs> I liked it. He loved it. <laughs> what happened? But doesn't it like in some ways, and maybe this is me being a little bit defiant, like this hearing these like crazy bloated budgets or, you know, coupling it with Spider-Man, they're going to have a four Spider-Man. It makes me want to find like the super low budget movies that are coming out there yeah. and like watching them explode. Wasn't that true of like paranormal activity? It was made with like no money and then became this phenomenon. But the, but the problem is with that was like, if you look at a character like Spider-Man, if we're talking character like Spider-Man, mm -hmm. and you look at all the money it's making on merch, does it make business sense to to run low end? I mean, it's not business sense. I don't care what the studios do. They obviously yeah. never they never listen to me. They never Brett. do. But they will one day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just generally as a consumer, like I wonder what else is out there. You know, like yeah. I wonder what are we missing because well, the there are. There, there's a history of movies that are made for what, like thirty thousand dollars, and then they do really well. And I mean, I, the horror, not thirty thousand, but like there, there's, there's, Clerks there's was like thirty thousand. There's, there's, yeah, 
there's horror movies that are made for like uh, a couple million that end up making hundreds of millions of dollars and stuff. Okay, like I'll that. even give it a million, but like I just want to know like do you feel like it would be better to spend like how big would you think yeah. three hundred million dollars for this movie? Maybe, probably more. I think they like, do it because they want to make the money on the on the theme parks and stuff. Like the 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 the, thir- the three million dollar movie that ends up making one hundred and twenty seven million dollars doesn't but, inspire merch. But how profitable are theme parks? Right? Yeah. Didn't we just Disney let, makes Disney like just 15, let Bob Chappelle yeah. go and he was the head of their theme parks for years? Like, yeah, but they didn't let him go in that capacity. They let him go in the capacity. Thank you. Wow. They let him go in the capacity. Brett, do you of enjoy CEO. this Christmas? I love music? this Christmas music and theme. No, Disney. Brett, what's your favorite Christmas? Disney girl? makes like fourteen He's billion. Quarter on no, theme parks. I get that, but like, I just think that this is not like. I feel like there is no way that any studio production is like a good example. Uh, well, we don't think we'll make the money back in movie sales, but you know what? We'll make it back in. Yeah. What the heck is happening? Theme it's, parks. Um, what do you mean? What's happening? That's a crisis party. Oh my gosh! I guess I don't. It's sit, a Christmas party. I don't sit technically, this, I don't sit this it's close. It's a Christmas party. Can you imagine if we'd gotten launchers that like launched ornaments across the room? Like, okay. Or here's snow? The, I'll give you a better example of a movie that did it well. The first John Wick movie was made on a very very small budget because it just wasn't expected to become the hit that it was. Mm-hmm. The signature style of that movie, meaning that the extremely involved action scenes that Keanu does himself mm-hmm. that are filmed wide. Yeah. So you can actually see his face wasn't done on purpose. It was done because they, they said they literally couldn't afford more shots and more yeah. cameras to pull for coverage. Yeah. So the, it actually developed its style based on necessity yeah. rather than stylistic choice. Yeah. But it became the style. And now the budgets go up and the movie does better. But yeah. it, it still won't capture, like, in my opinion, that first John Wick movie is is classic. Yeah. The mean, rest of them are just me really good. being like rolling my eyes at this like gargantuan budget. Right. It doesn't really matter. I am curious about the decisions and how they get made. Like. That's what interests me about this whole process. Yeah. How who decides that Avatar two can be expected to make two billion dollars, and also what's the timeline for that? Whereas like a different yeah, when franchise do they get doesn't to write it off, right? Uh, at like, a and point. if you're saying, oh, they think they'll make money off the theme parks, like, well, that's actually a whole different what? department of their business. Like, I want to know how integrated, and it's not for me. It's not just Avatar, like yeah. any of the MCU universe or anything else. Like, where do we see the the cash flow coming from yeah and okay, we, it doesn't matter ultimately like uh, like i said much to my chagrin they don't yeah. listen to me it's tough it's tough when that happens. but like what what is the business model and at that point and again i'll just say this like it's because that's what they're feeding consumers and when you get a consumer a taste for something that you can cultivate it right and yeah. if you're expecting them to just expect you know these huge long i seriously suspect there's no plot in this movie they avatar just, Oh, yeah. There's a plot in Avatar. I don't believe you because he was like, you're going to have to go to the bathroom. No, like there's, I've been a, saying. There's, a, there's a plot in Avatar. Yeah, okay, Brett. What's the plot? Uh, it's a, it's family oriented. It's literally about he's. You being, didn't even give me a plot. You just said it's family okay, oriented. The movie is about him being uh, hunted down by the military industrial complex and trying to keep his family safe. Uh huh. That's what it's about. There's going to be no plot. Okay, okay here's the other thing uh, streaming killed the type of movie that you're talking about. The movie that you're mm. talking about, meaning that they could make it for a certain amount of money, maybe it makes half of its budget to three-fourths of its budget back in theaters, was always be counted on to make its money back and become profitable in digital sales, or I'm sorry, in DVD sales and in like pay-per-view, when pay-per-view is a big thing. We, we did a topic about this where Matt Damon talked about how mm-hmm. streaming killed that type of mid-budget movie. Yeah. That is no, there is no longer a place for the mid-budget movie in theaters. Pretty wild. Because streaming is where mid-budget, it's why 
Rose was such a, a, a head scratcher. Like, why would a movie that would clearly have thrived for a certain demographic or a certain market mm-hmm. in streaming would have done fine? Mm-hmm. Why would you release that in theaters when you yeah. know it's not going to make any money? There isn't a place for it anymore. That's fascinating. It's like our shrinking, disappearing middle class. Yeah, along kind with of our middle mid-budget movies that, that is really interesting so so that's kind of like that's why all you're getting is uh like i said coked out stockbroker on wall street bets on movies that are like either it makes a bunch of money back and, and i'm sure and i'm sure they have very creative accountants that find ways to write off things that don't that yeah. don't profit right like they can write it off in in tax loss who knows like so uh, here's the other thing about the the movie underperforming is they talk about disney stock failing and i wanted to i was wondering like what would be a movie that would be an analog to it that you could compare it to to what it made and the best thing that i could think of was not avengers uh endgame but infinity war because uh infinity war made just over two billion dollars okay. in its final run and here's the thing. It made $257 million in its opening weekend. So it's already about $100 million, a little over $100 million behind what Infinity War made in its opening weekend. But it's but, only been released in the U.S. so far. No, no. This movie is cut. Like the, the, the amount I gave you was it made $134 million domestically. It made the rest of that $555 million mm. domestic opening or opening worldwide yeah so uh the the money it's made it's it's fairly analogous to what uh avengers infinity war made but it's behind the eight ball here but like I said, somebody said i thought avatar 2 wasn't doing good it's not like i'm just saying that it made more it puts black adam into perspective that black adam really was a bust because black adam had a budget uh, we just found out the other day the black adam budget ballooned to like 260 million dollars mm-hmm. with reshoots so think about this Avatar was three hundred and fifty million, low end. Mm-hmm. Black Adam was two hundred and sixty million, so only a hundred million dollar difference there. And the entire if it's run, low end, to be fair, it could be up to five hundred million dollars. No, up to four hundred. Four hundred? Uh, no, we're not talking about with marketing budget. We're just talking okay. about the the money put into making the movie. So, okay. Avatar was three hundred and fifty million dollars. We'll say low end. Mm-hmm. The firm budget on Black Adam was two hundred sixty million dollars, so about a ninety million dollar difference. But Black Adam's entire run was made in the first week mm-hmm. by avatar so is it on pace to make two billion dollars i don't think so but is it probably enough that it will spawn the sequels just because they'll be able to make the money back uh whether the sequels are guaranteed right either way like that's what i also find fascinating to go to your like crazy wall street bets it doesn't even need to make the money back for the studio to say okay we'll go with the sequel like yeah the sequel is guaranteed no matter what we basically they're already working on we gave yeah. we gave cameron tenure right yeah. like he doesn't need to do anything and in some ways i guess that gives you security like <laughs> you don't have to have like a secondary plot to try and like yeah. make it work and, and the things that that's inherited he came from fox because the, the first one was a Fox was 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. This was something that Disney gobbled up in the in the 20th Century Fox merger. Yeah. Uh, also, the big sleepy says sperm budget. No, I said firm budget, but close. So, all right, uh, let's. I don't do some even super know ch- what to say to that one. Let's do some super chats. Okay, um, Yesh says Hannah Claire's new alias Jana Blair Wicklow. Okay. That's that's you, Jana Blair. That is me. Um, I don't know her, Jana Blair. Big Dave just sent 99 cents. Merry Christmas, Big Dave. Caper2x says, quickly, someone hit Brett with a snowball. I would if it wouldn't mess up our electrical equipment. That would be very bad. Uh, that would be that very would be bad. amazing. Uh, let's see. My f- Okay. What's I, your favorite what, Christmas carol? Are okay, you no, I'll tell you, like, do you have do you have a favorite Christmas episode or movie? 
Well, I asked you if we could do like a. We can Christmas do that. Tr- we'll we'll do that. Okay, I can't even think of it though. There was one Christmas Eve I watched a lot. Like I watched the Office Christmas episodes back to back to back because yeah. they always do a Christmas party, mm-hmm. and that was like pretty cool. Uh, so I'm gonna switch to this screen. Um, sh- Potatoes for Seamus says. Well, Mary, you've grown up a bit then. <laughs> You're a little bit taller. Yeah, and I dyed my hair and I got rid of my bangs overnight. No, I'm just kidding. And he says, in uh, hot, in Mary hot is seeing your family, which is super uh, important for the holidays. We will be back to uh, our regular scheduled program on Tuesday, but you will Brett's be back. Brett's kicking me out. He will be like back. Here. You will be back next week, though, but not Tuesday. We don't know yet. Don't know TBD. Yet. TBD. Um, and then Caper2X says, please have more respect for senior, what? Academian? <laughs> Is, is academician a thing? Academician. Is that a thing? I forgot thing? that was that my word. word? Uh, I think so. I, when I looked it up last time, it was. But I, di- I did not realize I'm being disrespected. Thank you for standing up for me. Um, let's see. Camera2x asks, Hanklair, do you like Wednesday? Have you watched Wednesday at all? I haven't. I, I really like um, the Adams. Like, there, there have been various iterations yeah. of the Adams family. And I've always thought they were cool. I just haven't started Wednesday. A lot. It is this it's thing very where, popular. Like, yeah. And there's this thing where I have like I don't always love recycled content right but I feel like they're giving it a fresh twist and yeah. like everything that I've heard about it is great it's just haven't started it's, it it's the it's the best streaming product since 2020 the yeah. highest like other than Stranger Things other than the most recent Stranger Things yeah I think because it's fresh and like it they're letting the authentic parts of the Wednesday character stand out uh, I am what I am says hey Hannah Montana Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana. she's here Miley Cyrus Wait, hey I would love to have so we could ask her about Liam Hemsworth oh my gosh that would be funny like, what would you ask her about Liam Hemsworth no actually that's not what I would ask her about she was she was the start to me of the entire like celebrities starting to use gender ideology mm-hmm. to like stay relevant she was doing that in like 2018 she was she was like ahead of ahead of the curve very on ahead that of one. the curve um, let's see. And I love the song. She, she she actually has some songs that I. What's your favorite? Tell um, me right now. I, I would have to think about it. What adore? You have to uh, think adore about you. Oh, I see. There's a there's an acoustic version of that song that slaps. If there is such a thing as a, as a Hannah Montana as a uh, Miley Cyrus song, that and I'm gonna say like, what was her song? Wrecking Ball. Like well, that one was who so doesn't weird? love Party in the USA? Also, a classic. Par- Party in the USA spawned the greatest, the most underrated Weird Al cover of all time, which is a parody of all time, which is called Party in the CIA. What? It's absolutely incredible. Who everyone, made that? Weird Al. That's what I'm saying. Like, everyone needs to go listen to, after this show is done, not now, after this is done, you need to go listen to Party in the CIA. Wow, uh, Weird Al is crazy. Have you ever, would you ever go to a Weird Al concert? Oh, I have a friend who goes to every one when, when it's in town. Really? In is he still touring? He's, he, still, he still wears the fat suit. When he when he plays the song fat. See, I want to be that kind of person where I like really find my calling in life, and like we just we just keep going. I I still haven't watched Weird the 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 fake document the fake biopic about oh him. Gosh. Like he when promoting the fake biopic, he he encouraged people to torrent it. <laughs> like See, as a joke, he just doesn't live by anyone's does, rules but his own. And I his own really thing. respect that as a, as a as a concept. Gotta love it. Uh, I am what I am said Avatar movie about a white man who injects himself into native matters. How is this movie woke? Look, the, the funny thing about it is you can't. Never mind, there is a plot. You can't win because if you don't make the content, they tell you that it's that you're not doing your part. If you do make the content, they tell you to sit down and stay in your lane. You really can't win. Like we covered it earlier this week. That like he got called racist for doing the picture. Mm-hmm. You get called uh, uh, a colonizer for not drawing attention to the problem. You can't. You can't win. Yeah, I, I I think that's true. Uh, I like when people reinterpret the movies of uh, of Thank their you. plots. Like 
that's a good thing to point out. Yes. Okay, I need to stop watching YouTube. Says, Merry Christmas to the folks at PCC and TimCast. By the way, we'll continue to post borderline bannable super chats it's simply what gives me life with some heart emojis well it's it's what we love about you that you that you keep it borderline and you don't yeah. go full bannable yeah so, and that's an important skill right just to walk on the edge well you have to learn that skill set let's save the rest we'll come back when we get uh, when we get through the next topic so speaking of uh i was gonna do wednesday next but let's talk about this so michelle yo if you guys know michelle yo you saw everything everywhere all at once she had some comments to say about ageism in hollywood that i found particularly fascinating it wouldn't have normally been something I would have covered, but I would have liked to get some unique opinions from someone who saw the movie. And all no, but also Remember, this is the one movie I saw yeah, this she, year, she, and Brett is it. like, "Wow, we're proud of you." So, so here's the thing about the 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 comments here. She's actually had a very long and storied career as an action star. Mm -hmm. She was literally called, what was it? Um, they called her like the queen of martial arts in Hong Kong cinema. Mm -hmm. And she was one of the few female, like one of the few actresses that Jackie Chan allowed to do her own stunts. That's amazing. So she, she was a Bond girl back in 97, mm -hmm. like in, I knew in, that. in Tomorrow Never Dies. Mm -hmm. Like also an underrated Bond movie. If nobody, if, if people here haven't seen Tomorrow Never Dies, it's about an evil media mogul who wants to control the world by controlling the flow of information by owning the media. That is as relevant as Amazing. anything could possibly be. These Also played beautifully by Jonathan Price, who's, Really kind of socio... No, okay, that's that's rude. He's awful on Twitter. Brett walks it right back. He, he's awful on Twitter. But here's the thing. So uh, it's, they talk about how it's an increasingly demanding space, but I want to talk about her quote here. So she says, everything, everywhere, all at once was such a gratifying experience. I've waited such a long time to receive a script like that because as you get older, the box gets smaller and smaller, smaller and especially for fe Asian female actors, uh, it's never been an easy ride to start with. I honestly look at younger actresses with such envy because they get an opportunity to try all the different roles, but we only get the opportunity maybe once in a long, long time. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was 22 years ago. With Crazy Rich Asians, suddenly I am the mean mom. Then I was auntie. Then I was the auntie. Then I would receive a script and they say, please play the grandmother. I was like, please don't put me in that box. Here's the thing. I get the feeling of kind of existential dread that comes with getting older. Mm -hmm. But I also think there's a certain lack of perspective here that, that that's being blamed on ageism. There's anti reality. It's kind of anti reality to accept that if movies are supposed to depict the real world, which they always want, they always strive for authenticity, right? Yeah. You're, you want to both simultaneously strive for authenticity, but then paradoxically pay, play characters that aren't realistic to the real world. Grandmothers aren't normally doing martial arts in movies, right? right that's right. the real world. Yeah. Like, does that seem weird to you? That, like, I feel like it comes from an area of like, there's a lack of gratitude. Like, instead of making this topic about, I was so grateful for this experience because it's not what I would normally get to do. But, right. you know, having that opportunity was amazing. It becomes about what you're not getting rather than what you are getting. I don't know if I pick up on that as much right now in her comment, but I do think there are people who look at the world negatively yeah. and they say like, I'm so glad to get this because there are so many times I've been passed up on in sort of a, uh, the world's unfair way. Yeah. I do think it's true that, uh, that's the reality of being in a, uh, in a, in a physical business, right? In one where your looks are important and your age factors into things yeah. in the same way that she is saying, like when I was like kind of a young 
martial arts bombshell i did different roles and now that's that time is changing there are also you know plenty of actors and actresses that you can think of who blew up when they were cast as like the dad in that sitcom yes. right and unless I can't the opposite imagine- would be kevin's dad in, in home alone because he's literally just kevin's dad in home alone now and everything he's in yeah they i just mean, call him kevin's like that's hilarious. they advertise him as kevin's dad right well i think there are, are characters who are actors who when they are in their 20s right like they don't fit the roles then, and as they age, they become castable in this new age set for you, this new you, type of character. You age into certain roles. Right, and I think for women, it is hard to suddenly go from being like, I am a Bond girl, to being like, you play yeah. the grandmother. Like, that she, is a hard reality. On the other hand, like, I would also feel, if she's saying she feels constricted because the grandmothers sit in the background and they don't do much, and at one point she had been a leading star, like, yeah, it must be hard to see your career yeah. sort of hit the embers that way. Like, yeah. it's not that you're not great, it's just that you aren't what. I would argue right those now. characters usually develop more nuance. Like, as an actor, you should see that as a challenge to bring more to a role that wouldn't have been there right. in your 20s. And it just depends, right? Depends on what's in the script and it depends yeah. on, like, what what part of the storyline they are in. I think this comment about everything everywhere all at once is really interesting because uh, the character is... It's just such a weird movie and yeah. the character... Uh, goes through so many different sort of dim- like dimensions of time and reality that you are able to have like an older middle-aged mom who's in this scenario uh, who is able to both demonstrate some sort of like you know I think her action background does stand out in that movie um, and it's not too much about I, I don't know she I could understand why this would be great because you get to play both what Hollywood expects you to be yeah. and also you get to test the limits of what kind of scripts they write for pe- that that character. And here's the other quote she says. She says, the term, uh, not her quote, but they, they talk about Hollywood uh, ageism through the decades. The term Hollywood ageism is a familiar one, not because it has been thrown around in volatile outcries by famous actresses over the years, but due to its relevance across fields of varying professions and within society in general. The crippling standards that women have been held to throughout history have subjected them to the male gaze that at one point declared the, uh, that an unmarried woman beyond the age of 20 is ashamed of her family, while the more modern society looks at women who choose to be alone as an incomplete being with a better half to complete her um i just feel like i feel like that's unfair i also feel like complaining about ageism hollywood is sort of the wrong place right yeah like i said that's kind of what i mean like right 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 like it makes no sense like we've said ageism affects all kinds of people in hollywood right like if you look too young for a role or if you don't have the the dad energy you could miss a big opportunity too yeah if it's just depending on whatever characters you're you're uh potentially going out for i think that if you were to talk about ageism in you know i don't know maybe nursing or some some field where like the physical toll that the job takes on your body does preclude you from some type of work yeah and it is limiting to certain people i might be more open to that argument but i think when you link hollywood ageism to just affecting women who are getting older you are missing the complexity of casting yeah well, also, like, look, crippling standards in the male gaze, it's a profession that is visually aesthetic by nature. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of getting annoyed with women complaining about... First of all, my biggest complaint is, like, they Rod's love... getting annoyed with women. They... No. Let them know. Uh, they embrace it in their 20s. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But embrace it as you get older and understand, like, look, my career is changing. I'm evolving into roles that, uh, you know, that I'm that I'm right for now Mm -hmm. and it feels like there's a lack of gratitude there the men aren't any different the men are complaining for different reasons don't don't think i'm i'm going easy on the dudes no and i think we do see 
um, a pipeline of men who are getting passed up on, like maybe they want to be the action hunk and as they get older... The, they, they age into different roles. And, and not just like on screen but off screen we see a lot of actors who diversify in terms of what industries they're invested in yeah. or they become producers they yes. they branch out their careers and i'm not saying that maybe women don't do that but i definitely feel like i hear about it less right like if you are just trying to stay on screen but you're not getting the roles that you like yeah that's not the deck being stacked against you that's not you there's expanding actually more than your you, horizon there's actually more than you think of a lot of women are that have mm-hmm. gotten into producing or work with like start their own like production companies and stuff like this mm-hmm. Here's the other thing. Like men, the, the like in in the past, what I've been told is that men age into their roles. Mm. So if you're a gangly twenty something dude, the the woman is the height of her beauty and is going to get all of the best roles for what she's going to be casted mm-hmm. for. The man needs to grow into the role that he needs to become. Meaning that twenty year old woman, that twenty five year old woman, even at the high end, is being cast with forty year old dudes. Mm-hmm. The man, the man is on the upswing. The woman is on the downswing as far as their career trajectory. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is like maybe the men grow into gratitude and the women kind of fall out of gratitude because they're grateful when they're younger, but the perspective isn't there as they age. Yeah, like they, I think it's always. Sense? It, yeah, it yeah. definitely does. I think it's always. It must be like just frustration that the phone stops ringing right and especially if you're exposed like if you look at that timeline right if women in their 20s you know if you make it in hollywood which there are tons of beautiful women in their 20s who do not jump up suddenly and then you know that at 21 22 23 24 25 somewhere in that range that is the peak and it will come down like very quickly i know we referenced her before but like let's think about zendaya zendaya was a disney channel star she is extremely in demand right now both because of euphoria and because of spider-man and because she does fashion it's just all kinds of things right but will that be sustained when she's 45 we don't know whereas if men, she's smart she'll get into producing and she will start uh, right and then you can cast whoever you want you have no idea also like but with men like they don't necessarily have the same demands on their time. It is crazy how much it reflects fertility. I'm not trying to be gross, but like no. women's fertility right around 30, it's like, a, yeah. that is like- You hit your peak and you have to you capitalize And you have you to plan around yeah. that, right? Whereas men, you guys can keep going for a while there. Yep. And it's the same as true in Hollywood. Cruise. It's not ageism. It's the reality of- all sorts of factors that make men and women different. Yeah. Well, look at Tom Cruise. He's in his 60s, and even he's like still, he's doing his action scenes. Granted, he's he's built the capital to be able to do that. Like they said, like he has to fund a lot of the the insurance for himself because they he, he's worth too much money. They're like, please don't money. do that. And he's like, I'm doing it anyway. Yes. So but it's like, like, I'm thinking about the, the, I don't know his name, but, and I didn't really watch the show, but the dad who's got the dark hair on a modern family. Yeah. I have never seen him before in my life, right? Yeah. But he, at what must be in his 30s or 40s, got cast this job, worked very consistently, and is now extremely recognizable. I don't know what he's doing Look at Jason next. Bateman. Jason or, Bateman came in more into his own again. Like in his, like, one, no, right. Ozark. He had this really bad movie in, like, 2013. It used the song Sale for the trailer, and that was, like, what I remembered about it. It was about, like... Like uh, like school bullying and technology. I forget what it was called. It was really bad. Yeah. But like he he came into his own when he got to Ozark and met like or uh the the dude from Better Call Saul or even yeah or, or Breaking Bad and they, those actors came into their own as they got older right. because the role demanded it right and they could not have been those roles at a different age. Exactly. I heard, no, no, exactly. I could. I have heard that like 
basically some women's organizations will argue that like because women are only desirable and cast when they're in their 20s right there are fewer stories about older women women's in their 30s and 40s and whatever and i fundamentally don't think that's true i just think that that's a problem with cat or the problem with writing they're not writing interesting stories and are the are the production houses funding them yeah but also number one if you're an aging actress in hollywood who sees that problem how can you intervene can you write a script can you fund a script can you like get behind it also i think that the stories that we tell about older women are interesting but we often you know i think sometimes it's hard not to take it as you're more upset that you are not being cast as like the bombshell. And then we see things like stories about cougars or this reality show about the, mo- the MILF like, manor. Yeah. Like MILF there, manor. There's a weird like culture where it's like, you guys are being mean to exclude and excluding us. Also, we don't really want to be uh, portraying realistic stories for women at these ages because we still want to be seen as like sex symbols. The, also, the other thing is like, it just feels like nobody wants to be held to any standard anymore. And it feels like the if the gays ben, if the male gays benefited you when you were younger. Are you in the chat right now? Yes, I am. Oh I I, somet- I sometimes uh, yeah they're talking Brian Cranston Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad, uh, mm-hmm. but he I mean he kind of blew or another another good example is Brian um, Cranston did have his staple moments like before like, with Jason uh, with, Bateman like well Malcolm in the Middle Malcolm in the Middle Jason Bateman was uh, 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 Arrested Development Brian Ch- uh, Chandler from uh, Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights. Like he he acts mm. regularly in like he's never the lead but he's always in everything yeah like he's another example like he's the dad mm-hmm. he's a dad forever because he looks like a dad forever yeah and here's the thing you can play but he the probably dad looks forever. like a pre dad it's Thank happening you. again it's a Christmas party again I love Christmas uh, Brett you should have to tell me a Christmas fact about yourself every time the lights come a on. Christmas fact yeah what would be a Christmas what fact what was your me? favorite part of Christmas growing up. We opening the the one Christmas present the night before. Yeah, I love that. Uh, does everybody's family do that? I remember announcing to my parents that this was something that we did, and I think they were like, "What?" But I was like, five. You guys did do that. Three. We did do it. Uh, uh, this gun's aggressive today. They are. We did do it. Uh, I I don't remember, but I remember one of my friends told me they did it, and going home and be like, "We do that too." My parents like having this weird expression, like, "I guess so." Like, I can. have like I have like particularly like, as somebody who does air on the nostalgic side I have my own nostalgic memories about Christmas yeah like certain years I had my own Nintendo 64 moment do you ever ever seen the video of the kid who goes Nintendo 64 no uh, in the chat I guarantee you these guys know about uh, uh, this it's a kid who opens uh, he gets a Nintendo 64 for Christmas mm-hmm. and it's the greatest meltdown you've ever seen of anything ever he just screams Nintendo 64 well, I had my own version of that what was it I, I screamed in, I maybe well, not literally had a I literally 64. got a Nintendo 64 um yeah uh, I remember getting the Lion King soundtrack oh my god uh, like when I was very 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 young yeah um yeah I remember one year like I think it was the year I announced we could like open one Christmas and the Skeletor in the Skeletor staff oh my gosh that's yep. so funny because you grew up in He-Man era mm-hmm. uh, did you guys have a you're from Minnesota white Christmas is that pretty normal lots of snow uh, there's always yeah yeah there, there, there's been maybe two Christmases in my life where it wasn't snowing okay it, yeah. it was like hit or miss for me there were a lot of them yes but every once in a while yeah. you wake up and it's like this is not festive yeah. get it together here yeah. earth well it, global warming, global warming. Yeah, so okay. it's like, so to me it just feels like one of these things is like look i feel like they say that about christmas like there's no snow for christmas because of global warming to like as a latch dish latch dish effort to get kids into recycling well yeah you gotta have the different bins which like you can recycle that's fine but like 
do you it think guarantee you a, a snow on Christmas? Do you think this is one of those things as far as ageism in Hollywood that like we did a, a topic earlier this year? You might have even been on the show. Like anytime there's like a topic about like a study that's being done, where like the UK government did a study about ageism in Hollywood, and like why is the government putting money towards this? Yeah, also it's the UK government. Not Hollywood. Uh, you're like, in, like, the uh, film in, like yeah, they're filming. Because it'd be really funny if they're doing a study on like America's film center. Like I know it's influential, but like. So that's pointing your fingers but a little what's, bit. But what's funny about it is the UK has far better representation for middle-aged women than America. Like, they've got all of their, their Miss Marple and the, all of their shows. Vera, all of these shows that are, like, female. She's a, she's a like, a, a dumpy female detective. That's me. That's a, mm-hmm. Dumpy's not the right word. What would be the, what would be a good word? She's a quirky female she, detective. What's a good one for, they're a little bit bigger. But she's frumpy? She's frumpy. Yes. Frumpy. Female detectives. It's funny how that like subtle letter difference makes a big difference. Very big difference. Frumpy, not dumpy. She's dumpy. But uh, like they have like, that's the thing. Like when they portray moms in the UK on like those shows, they don't look like the moms in like, it's not, it's not. Uh, Unrealistic expectations it's for moms. It's not Leah Romini in, in King of Queens. It's just a regular looking mom. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would say it would be actually the ageism and like the expectations were actually less so yeah. in the UK. Well, and I also think. I, with British television, and I'm happy to be correct I love on this. British television. I love British television, and I think part of it is that they kind of want things to look more realistic. Like yes. they want well, the I don't body know if it's, by dis- if it's by definition or if it's just a factor of like what Hollywood has done to our. Yeah, I industry. think America like puts the pretty filter on yeah. too much, but if they don't, like there is that aspirational to American culture where it's like we we want to have people on TV that we sort of also want to be like. What was the the show with David Tennant and Jodie Whittaker? Not Grace. Uh, Not Graceland, but um, uh, um, uh, Broadchurch. Broadchurch. You and that, I talked about this because I love Broadchurch. Broadchurch. Yeah, that one. I mean, that's that actually first is kind of in the, the yes. After that, it's second season it's, solid. First season of Broadchurch is amazing. I, there's a show called Shetland that's a really good detective show mm-hmm. where like he's a very normal looking dude mm-hmm. and like uh, there, there's all sorts of shows like Whitechapel is another is a good like. Uh, horror-esque crime mm-hmm. drama about um, about Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. about these guys who are like looking for a Jack the Ripper uh, copycat in the first yeah. season and then it becomes kind of an anthology per well, season. Well, it makes me think of, I never finished the whole thing, but Derby Girls, like oh, the yeah. story about like these teenagers and like that part of Ireland, like they all look relatively normal. normal. Yeah, so like, th- you know, their skin's a little more flawless maybe, but like yeah. for the most part, there are a variety of looks and they look relatively normal even if the characters the the characteristics that they play are sort of exaggerated even, even david Tennant is kind of a normal looking dude we had this conversation about bill Hader, which yeah. i was like he is both handsome and also normal, normal. looking <laughs> tall dark like, and normal how do you describe bill Hader? but like if you cast more people like that i feel like in some ways you would make television more more Viable. Does that make sense? A good and then example this, is Rain Wilson. Is a very normal looking guy. Well, who's all still of the camera, office. The yeah. office has a lot of very normal looking people who, like, as the show goes on, become more familiar to you or whatever. Steve else. Steve Carell like, is kind of like, uh, like. It, it, he he looks normal, but if you do his hair different, he looks more like a there traditional is, yeah, Hollywood yeah. dude. Yeah, right? there is some like so photo. Like, ageism like, happens in in all respects. Right? Yeah. It's, just, it's just the roles are different for men. And I women. just think the term Hollywood ageism is being co opted a little bit here, and I'm not sure if this actress from uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Michelle Yeoh's great. That's she's that, great, that's and I think that like she is touching on some interesting points, and I would hate for her sentiments, which is like. Yeah, it was more fun when I could like play a lot of different roles, and now I'm getting limited a little bit. Like, 
yeah, I could understand how that's disappointing. Like, but let's not make this a feminist issue. Also, the other thing here is I I, I pulled up her uh, her IMDb and I wanted to look back at her career and I was like, this is just since 2016 the work she's done. So she's it's working crazy. consistently all the time, and these are big budget projects right yeah. we're talking about minions rise of Gru. we're talking about everything everywhere well i guess everything everywhere all at once wasn't a big budget but it became a big deal in the culture shang chi she's part of star trek discovery you know sucks to be her but she loves star trek but you know not many people want to actually be on star trek discovery but she's working consistently consistently and crazy rich asians was another cultural kind of landmark yeah it was in a the, huge in deal society. So, and in some ways like i know she it's mentions like she, it it's here, like she's like, getting all these opportunities to do uh like like growth for the community and growth for the industry but she's not actually happy about it i don't know i i'm reading it not as negatively as maybe you are and i'm not saying that i'm right or you're right but i i think there there must be some chagrin right when you used to be able to be like the fun cool person and now you're limited the interviewers usually tee these questions up to make the the actors look worse than they are. Yeah. Like, it's not like she came in there and was like, I want to talk about this. Likely, it's it's T-balled up on a question. Yeah, that well, and even the language, right? Like, yeah. do we think that this actress used the term Hollywood ageism? Or do you think the interviewer was like, how do you think uh, Hollywood ageism, ageism Hollywood. has limited your career, which yeah. once used to be big, but now, like, calm yeah. down, T. I, I try to give the, like... Uh, Probably more than other people in the space I try to give. Like yesterday, I was like, I have no problem with nepotism in Hollywood. But it wasn't like that. I have no problem with nepotism in Hollywood. My point was that I like to see people do good and succeed. Mm-hmm. So when an actor who comes from a famous parent, like a background of a parent that's famous, I like to see them rise to the occasion and do yeah. well. That's, well. I don't think that that's a bad thing and to I want to see them do well. And it was nepotism. I don't think people who want to be in this industry should be somehow like barred because their parents were already yeah. successful in it. But I feel like nepotism is hard because yes, you come in with some advantages, you get some connections. On the other hand, if you do the work, like you capitalize on those opportunities, like that's that's reasonable. It's the nepotism babies who come in and like don't do don't well. do well and then expect praise that's what I would get frustrated with. But then you get Chet Hanks, who's awesome and still act. You know, he's still acting. Haven't? You told me this yesterday. It blew my mind. First off, because I didn't think he was the actor. I thought his... His son is the actor. Or his, his brother's his the brother actor. His brother was the actor. Colin Hanks acts uh, more, but mm-hmm. Chet Hanks is still acting. He was in Atlanta this year, and he was in a bunch of episodes of Empire. He just never stops working, that he's, guy. Uh, he's like, uh, he's like the other day, he's, like, he's, putting, he's got his Lamborghini now. He's like, I couldn't afford this when I was acting. He's like, my because his business is successful now, so good for him. But is he one of those people who just buys a really fancy car to be like, look, my business is succeeding, and then he lives out of his car to like make it look... No, because he's got the... He's He's got the he's always posting videos from his like Miami penthouse uh-huh. like I get the feeling sure. that I get the feeling that the Miami, pen, Miami penthouse I get the feeling that the Miami penthouse maybe was like dad co-signed on that but like you know it's like an Airbnb he's renting there, there's nothing wrong with being proud of because the point is like he goes this is what happens when you work hard yeah like, you can you can accomplish look, a things. lot of millennials most millennials have you have had uh, parental assistance in buying a house who would just make it more relatable exactly all right let's do some super chats okay Nasca J one one seven says first sick day at home in three years catching this live for the first time in weeks no girls girl Brett isn't blonde anymore why live or live <laughs> um, yes Brett should be blonde and yes we miss Mary Ghost Girl will be back on she Tuesday. will be back guys I'm like a substitute teacher just accept that I'm here and I will leave do you uh do you do you, did you have a lot of substitute teachers that happened a lot to you growing up off and on I mean were you at a school where they treated them horribly. No, because I feel like I like various schools that I went to. There were some subs that were like, "Yeah, I don't want to be here either. Like, <laughs> we'll just see you when you see you." And then 
there were others that you get kind of long term yeah like you know if your teacher has surgery or whatever else and at that point you're like feel bad for you because you don't feel like a real authority but you're here for six weeks so we got to figure something out it's like a step parent like yeah it's like they don't have any actual authority over you yeah like i mean if it's like if if the kid's older like they're they're technically in charge and like really especially with two teachers like if they're there semi long term you're like are you grading our papers like if i get a bad grade do i argue with you or should i email my homebound you know what i mean like (laughs) they then they're then they're annoyed they're like you're not supposed to send the message to your teacher you're supposed to send it to me respect my authority don't go around our corporate structure (laughs) um yesh says how many tim cast or other employees of the month have you won HCB four or five? I've never been employee of the month at TimCast. You are welcome to super chat in on TimCast IRL or email strongly to whatever our customer service email is. Um, you, so far, we have had one employee of the month for the last year, I think. <laughs> Does that technically make them employee of the year? I'm pretty sure he hung his own picture on it's, the wall. Uh, it's still up. It's still so, uh, it's, it's up in the it's up in the main in the main part. Um, yeah, not yet, but with your support, we can maybe make that happen. Uh, let's or see. vote for me. Yeah, you or Brett. Brett or works really hard me. too. I'm happy for that. Some of us work harder than Brett. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, hey. No, you work hard. Uh, John Del Azrose. Uh, De- John Delarose. Delarose. Okay. Well, thank you. Catch me. Uh, Merry Christmas, friends. This is for Hannah Claire, not Brett. <laughs> just playing. He's going to be a guest on the show. No way. Uh, yeah, John, John's John's when? great. Uh, that was way too high pitch. I apologize to everyone. Coming up. Coming up. Someone uh, tweeted like I uh, like I just telling Brett this is story. Someone was like tweeting on like i guess when i was on rl one time they're like yeah i really hate that girl's voice and i wanted to respond to it like yes me too my voice oh. is not my best quality no d- like there's a rule up here uh well you know this there's a rule up here there is no listening back to the show no, without headphones no. on because i do not listen to the sound of my own voice oh, when i'm no. editing the show i keep you this is my face i'm going no it's real bad i i, I don't know what to tell you for you like I do the best I can. I do not listen to the sound of my own voice. Like I have to like turn the headphones away when I'm talking, you know, cause I only got the one ear that works. So I just, I cover the one ear that works when I'm talking, when everybody else is talking, it's fine. Yeah. If I could just mute myself, it'd be like, okay. There was like one day where I had a sore throat and I sounded like this and I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Sometimes I think I get too excited and like yeah. hit the pitchiness, but I, okay. I, my hope is that they don't like, that's the same thing for me. Like I think I get excited on the show mm-hmm. and I would hope that they like appreciate that I'm not like monotone yeah and bored look we're doing our best with <laughs> we, what we were given we love it um let's see not Alan Rogers says no Mary civil rights are back on the men- <laughs> <laughs> menu boys well you know that's uh and carts back in the corral you don't know you don't know what Mary's away doing she could be actually uh passing legislation to take those away from you or she could be fighting for civil rights you don't know who knows you don't know um let's see wayward Dark Soul. Dark Soul. Whoa. Uh, Wednesday is a Harry Potter ripoff. Done well, though. Yeah. Well, is it a Harry Potter ripoff? A lot of people are saying that it's like, like that it's not anything new, but it's very, very well done. And it limits. Is the it sort- Harry Potter because she goes to like boarding school? I I. I What's like I, I that's yeah, an interesting like, critique and I would like to hear more about it having never seen it. But also know? like the things like they're like it's got limited social messaging. Like there is some like commentary on patriarchy, but it's not heavy handed. So. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Vanguard N7. Do I have to read all these numbers? Vanguard N7E335. Are you a robot model? Cool. Uh, it's been a while since I've been able to catch you guys live. Love listening to you guys when I'm driving to work at night. Merry Christmas, PCC. Thank Merry you. Christmas to you. And Merry Christmas to you, too. Uh, to you too. I wonder what, uh, wonder what uh, you do for work. Like uh, My favorite things to hear are like when I find out that people like have jobs that like where they drive. 
mm-hmm. and they listen because that's how I like that's why I love yeah. this medium yeah because like there's so many like I used to drive for a medical supply company so I spent all of my time on the road yeah and that was what I did to get through the day I find myself uh, just commuting to and from work like yeah. For a while I wasn't in the habit You, I fall in and out of habits Like when a podcast that I love Goes off season or something mm. I like somehow forget podcasts exist And I listen to the radio a lot And then I'm like You know what our great podcast I'll put this on And you can get through so many of them Even if you have just like a 30 minute commute I can't imagine how much you could get through If you were like a long haul trucker Yeah like, They they got And like they like they have like harsh rules too Like like you can't use uh, I was talking to somebody who's like They have hard like drug testing policies And stuff from what I understand Because you can't be Using chemicals to get through the long hauls yeah, And stuff yeah, like yeah. that That's a rough life to, It's am, a very tough right life to choose Right And you can't start training to be uh, A long haul trucker Like an interstate long haul trucker Until you're 21 I think Yeah So there's actually a shortage Like I find I lived right by a school That trained It was terrifying It's I can't I lived lived by an on off ramp Did your parents like Teach you how to drive Like My my dad did Okay My dad did And did a lot of clutching Of like the Like Like handlebars Or whatever else I don't think I was that bad But I can't imagine Electing to be an instructor for Dude. future long Like the Lord's work No I live by an exit So you would see They, they would be merging On no. and off No none for it, me Thank It you. was terrifying I mean again It's an important job Like we have learned this From the supply chain demand stuff But yep. like Anyways listen to Pop Culture Crisis When you get your license for yes. that uh, I am what I am says So Ling Ling is mad To find out the world doesn't care Poor, poor Ling Ling Look here's but the one other thing. O and I am, I am more preferential to Gong Li She's uh, she was in the the Miami Vice movie. She's a she's a very big actress. But Michelle Yeoh in that Bond movie is freaking great. Yeah. And, but she's also it's like who's the girl? Somebody in the chat might know. I don't. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. The one from uh, Agents of Shield. She's a very big deal. Ming Na Wen. She's uh, she's another one that's really really good. And she's uh, I think she's getting closer to fifty now probably. Mm-hmm. And she's still acting. And she's very believable in those action yeah. roles. She's very very uh, not imposing, but you know she's yeah. got the cool factor about it when she does those. Kind I want to have compassion for like, yeah, I'm sure it is hard to have been viewed one way really dramatically and suddenly feel like old and unattractive even if you're not like you're there's not, no, yeah. nothing wrong but like to feel like that dramatic shift i just don't like it and it becomes like the hollywood ageism which is code for like patriarchy which hollywood like has tried to get rid of for she's so as long old as, she's as old as ming na wen's as old as uh michelle yo same really? like o- only by a year she's 59 She's she's looking good for her age. That's like I'm gonna send her a Christmas card. She's she still married. She's still okay. She's still married. You stay respectful over I'm there. I'm respectful. I'm There's respectful. time though. Like if she looks this good now, <laughs> she could be great by seventy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, all right. Okay. Moving on. Dawn's Herald says, "Merry Christmas." The crew needs to watch Klaus on Netflix and maybe do a review. Yeah, it's easily my favorite Christmas movie. This is the kind of super chat I'm here for today. And it would be a classic if the market wasn't so saturated. This is one uh, Clownfish TV really, really um, championed that movie and said that it's really, really good. I did not get around to watching it. Maybe I will. Maybe I've heard because about it. maybe because it's come around to Christmas again. Maybe I will watch it to, uh, yeah, tonight or tomorrow. You should. Uh, do you have a favorite? Let's do this right now. Do you have a favorite? Christmas movie or a Christmas episode of a TV show? That's two different categories. Which one, man? Both. Um, like I said before, I really like the Office Christmas parties. I think that's why I get so into our Christmas yeah. parties. Although this year, I did not realize how in charge of it I apparently was. I thought I was just running Secret Santa. Um, and I apologize. I fall down on the job. Um, but when I 
watch Christmas movies. I really like old Christmas movies. Yeah. Like I am very sentimental. So I grew up watching um, the uh, what's it called? They go to like the in White Christmas. The yeah. one they go. Yep. To, uh, and I thought that one was great. I think it's funny that what's the one they always play after. Um, I'm not an expert. I'll Mi- come up with like a whole list. Miracle on 34th Street and then the first three Home Alones. I argue that the, the Home third. Alones were so inspiring as a kid. Don't third, you want to set like crazy traps for robbers? The third Home Alone is an underrated movie. It didn't have Macaulay Culkin. And yeah. when it came out, they were playing it at the, the we had what were called cinema cafes where you could sit down and eat I pizza. I've heard of these. Uh, so this was at a time when I was like old enough that I could bike up there and I got allowance. So the tickets were cheap, but the pizza is what costed money. That's so how they I get would, you with the pizza. I would sit there and eat. And I think I watched it three times in one weekend. No way. And I, I remember very little about it now, but I remember just loving the environment of being able to pay just a little bit of money to get the ticket yeah. and then order the pizza. Yeah. Just like I, I have very vivid memories of like where I sat in that theater. That's what I think is so powerful about like, and I'm sure people have this experience with like movies and stuff, like other movies or, or Christmas music or stuff like that. Like some stuff is so traditional or so yeah. tied in and it's part of this like, you know, you're growing up, like you're saying, like you're old enough to bike. You're, you remember this specific yep. place. Like it's so good. When I was growing up, we used to go, like we'd go to church on Christmas Eve and then we'd go to a friend's, like they'd have a bunch of people over for Christmas Eve and all of the kids would end up in this like one living room watching a movie. And every single year for, I think yeah. the better part of a decade, it was the Jim Carrey Grinch that sold Christmas yeah. like the live action one. Yep. And I watched it recently or like a couple Christmases ago with my family and it was like, this isn't even as good as I remember or like it's weirder than I remember in some ways. Yeah, like, they're different. Like It was like a classic though and I remember like it felt like Christmas when I had seen that movie. Yeah, uh, the the first Santa Claus, the first Tim Allen Santa Claus movie. Like to this I don't day. I've ever seen that. The, to this day, I have like very vivid memories about very specific lines in that movie. Mainly when the one guy talks about like when he finally gets his weenie whistle. Oh, I, goes, I think I've seen my weenie. I'm not even going to repeat it because I, I don't want to get clipped. It, it was just that. It was just you don't want to get clipped? Uh, Why not? Okay. In the spirit of Christmas? But, no. Um, but with that and like when he when he's being interrogated by the police and he keeps having repeating Santa Claus in different voices. Uh, yeah, I have seen I've I only seen this movie once, but I and, do. And, and the other part was that there's the, there's this line. He takes his son to Denny's on on like in like Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And like, like they're out of everything. And the kid just looks so dejected when he's like chocolate milk she's like we're out he's like regular milk's fine <laughs> the way it was like it was like they literally found a way to like capture sadness in a bottle and get this kid to repeat that line which is kind of fascinating like that's really strong writing you don't have to like say are you sad that they don't have chocolate milk <laughs> and you feel like you're like whatever like you can feel the emotion yep. and then as far I as what that kid actor is doing today that's a very good question and, and as far as TV shows there's a, a couple of them that really come to mind and they're very very cheesy the, mine, the first one was the the very first season of Bones, they did a Christmas episode where they got locked in the Jeffersonian uh, because there was a pandemic. Or, yeah. Or like, uh, uh, like a, something got out in the thing something and they got had out to stay in. The, in. Because, because Hodgins wouldn't wear his mask and was drinking eggnog. And they all had to kind of like like learn to, like they learned a little bit about each other. And Booth got stoned on the medication they had to take to, uh, to do it. And you find, that's when you find out that um, Angela's dad is the dude from ZZ Top. Mm-hmm. And, but it was just, and the whole point of the episode was like they were, they were working the case of like a man in a fallout shelter. Mm-hmm. And it's just, 
the, a lot of characters that didn't necessarily always get along or like would would clash would get along in ways that weren't normal. There was also an episode of Warehouse 13 in the first season where they would do yearly Christmas episodes out of order. Interesting. Weirdly out of order. And they did a Christmas episode where basically Artie gets... Uh, um, uh, his to me, his he hasn't seen his dad in like forty years, mm-hmm. and um, Claudia goes and find. Well, they go looking for his childhood piano, and okay. they find his childhood piano at a music school that his, his dad still teaches at. Mm-hmm. And like they, it's played by Judd Hirsch, which is really funny because Judd Hirsch and Saul uh, Rubenick are both Jewish, but they're like they have a Christmas, and it's a thing where they talk about the fact that they're Jewish, mm-hmm. but they're having a Christmas tradition, and it felt like we were a country at that time, right? We were united in the yeah. fact that like it was the holiday season, yeah. Uh, and those just those stick out to me. Very different years. I, I think those are about three or four. I years feel apart. like I don't see that kind of unity unless you're at an airport where like every flight has been canceled for weather. Like, have you ever been at traveling and? It, I think of it as a Christmas thing because it's often snowstorms and just like gate after gate every yeah. flight and it's like that's when you see people like I have been in airports where people have been like hey like does anyone need to talk to the like nearest hotel like yeah. just pass off their cell phone like it's that kind of unity that I think we miss and I think that's yeah. what's so interesting about like Christmas traditions because they are shared memories in a lot of ways and the cynicism seems to be kept at bay mm-hmm. during the holidays yeah, yeah it yeah. feels that way to me and I think in some ways that's also because we have like a lot of people with holidays like you're doing it for the kids in your lives right so yep. like you're gonna make it work and I think that is admirable and like I don't know I love Christmas I think it's fun I also feel like it's like the chance to take a break especially like end of your rush and you get to routines and stuff like that it's, I think it's stuck let me see yeah yep this if is you, if you over the money guns are not easy the money guns are of the, they're fickle I don't know what to tell uh, you you gotta pull, uh, pull all of it out and then put it back in okay um, look I'm an engineer now I can yes. fix fix yeah. these things all right we're gonna we'll hold off on the rest and we will come back sure. after the next topic all right guys we're moving on so uh i knew hannah claire would like this because guys hannah claire loves award shows it's hannah claire's favorite thing in the entire world there's nothing she loves more so, than award shows remember, and award show season do you remember we got compared me to a substitute teacher brett is that kid who's like there's a sub they have weakness i will torture them <laughs> this so- i i will say it right now before we get into this i don't like i i don't get award shows i think that they're time has come and gone and i think in some ways trying to make them a thing is making hollywood look even more sad than it is yeah. well you know it, like it's like who desperately who cares anymore right well it's like not even meaningful because you know everyone who's weighing in on on judging these award shows is biased like they specifically leave some movies out or they you know it just what yeah. is the point also like i you i think what i said a long time ago was like the people who are deciding what movies win they probably don't represent my character, my no. values, or my interests. So why do I care what they think? Yep. So so basically, Australian actor Hugh Jackman on Tuesday backed one gender-neutral acting category in which all performers compete as a way of merging male and female acting award categories into one. There's some misinterpretation here because what they're saying is they're merging male and female acting categories into one, but we all know that that's not what they're talking about here. What they're talking about here is non-binary and people who... Uh, identify as gender non-conforming See, but those means- are the ones that they believe that should all so everyone should suffer because no we, no i like this idea that new- we're getting away way of like best female like best actress and best best actor like 
that way Hugh Jackman is like, I just want to be the best out of all of you. Like this That's is where the, the feminists are like, no, we need our own thing. He's he's established. He's good. He's the one who benefits from this because he's the one who will, whose name recognition will put him at the head of the pack for something. Yeah, like yeah, this. yeah. But that's not the the quote is really funny. Like he's so, bored. He's already beat a bunch of people. He's like, I, I can take you all down. He's like, didn't you see the Greatest Showman? No, he's like, yeah. So so here's what he talks to me. He goes, he revealed that he's a big fan of having one gender neutral acting category in which all performers compete. He added, that would be a really positive step. I don't understand why it's split into just two genders. We all know it's a much bigger spectrum. I'm literally picturing a rainbow colored gun at the back of his head. Do you remember? Do you remember? Sorry. Like, I don't remember what was happening, but a couple, like at various points, especially during Donald Trump's presidency, people would be like, we're about to be in World War Three. And like, or no, it was when they were like, we should have women be a part of the draft. And it was yeah. like, all of a sudden feminists are like, no. I don't know about that. You know? Like, a- that's what I feel like this is going to be like. It's like, he is, he is like, yeah, of course, gender neutral, absolutely. And there are going to be a bunch of people who are like, yeah. wait, this will make it much harder for me to possibly win. You are making it very difficult. It's like they want to do that. Would they give a first, second, third, do you think? Because like, if you have, if you have gender categories, you're male and female, you're handing out two awards. So now would you hand out top two or well, like... Well, it's also interesting that they don't do best female. Or are they just making awards show shorter? This is just the current yeah. right now. They're like, we, nobody wants They're to like, watch We this. have to find a way to cut this down. We're spending too much money. No one's interested. If we have fewer categories, we'll say it's because of we're being open to gender ideology and then we'll just spend less time on this. Uh, and, and like, look, like they don't do best female director, do they? Or they don't, and they don't do best, like best female composer. No, they only do it for actors it's and actresses. Because as far as I know. Because roles. Because theoretically it's because you're portraying a female character. Whereas if you're a female director, your job is well, still the same. I also think it's because like they, I, I really do think it has to do with like the viewership, right? Like yeah. you will stay longer if you want to see who your favorite actor and actress was. Like Remember, not you can't they, say that anymore either. They get... Actresses get mad if you call them actresses. I don't now. care. I do it anyways. I know, me too. I don't live by your language rules. <laughs> I, it's just crazy. It's also like when congressman and congresswoman, like, or they'll say like, it's a spokesperson for this person. Like, I will gender it until I am specifically told not to by our editorial staff uh, or my editor, I guess. I, I think that there is a desire to have as much exposure for celebrities at these things as possible. Yeah. So like, instead of doing like, like, I, I'm not sure what Hugh Jackman means. Does he want it so that like everyone is competing at one thing well, or... He goes on further. So it says, acknowledging to the BBC that he might have shot himself in the foot and his own chances of winning would be halved if there was uh, if there was one non-binary acting category instead of separate best actor and actress categories. He went on, whatever the mix is, we should maybe just break down any of those categories that end up being divisive and, ne- and unnecessary. So he's saying gender is unnecessary and divisive. That's Wouldn't the, it be funny that's if he was like, we, we should are. get rid of it and everyone should just get a ribbon. They should get a participation. We should all just get participation trophies. That would like be the best way to Everyone tried. You know what I mean? And we all did our best, right? Look, guys, we're all here. We beat out all those other people who are still trying to audition. You know all those normal people? Not just that, like, or the plebs who have to watch from home. Yeah, like, they're not getting this award. They're not getting it. So uh, this is one of those things where, for me, every time we talk about it, I get more and more vibes that they like. his manager told him to say this. Like, he did not want to say this. I don't buy that Hugh Jackman cares. Granted, I guess he's, he's a theater guy. So he's from that community. Maybe he's secretly on my side. Like, no. maybe he wants award shows to be over. He's I, like, I, yeah, I, make I got it other all things one thing. to do. I got other things to like, do. Like, it doesn't matter, anyways. No one's really interested in this. So why do we have to keep having this many categories, especially when it's like controversial? If we're going to have to fight about where we put non binary or, you know, non identifying gendered people, into this like it's not that big of a deal anyways like 
let's just start dismantling the institution. And I respect Hugh Jackman if that's his point. Then I've got to, uh, here's something that would be really funny. What we need is a new f form of feminism to rise. So first what we need to do, we need to establish a best stuntman category and then let five years go by. And then I want the feminists to rise up and say, we need a best stunt woman category because women are stunt people too. Uh, and they feel that they're being unfairly put against the men in the stuntman category because they're just going to, there's more men doing action scenes. Mm -hmm. Therefore we need women to have their own space for stunts. We can create a whole new movement for feminism where they can rise to the occasion and make their own stunt category. I would be so fascinated if they introduce a stuntman and stunt woman category, if there are more movies that specifically write in female stunts so they can try and like, cause they like when movies win awards, they're like, the winner of three, yeah. whatever. Like, we don't say which ones. We just got some of them. Like, it could be best costumes, best stunt woman, and, like, good sound. And those are all valuable. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, like, it would be interesting if, in some ways, movies are like, hey, look, we're not going to get best acting, but maybe we can go for best score. It's, uh, it's funny, too, because a lot of, I mean, female stunt people, it didn't always used to be a thing, at least not as common. There's a, an 80s biking movie named Rad. It's amazing. It's amazing. Why it's, do I feel like you've it's talked about this before? It's extremely cheesy and it's amazing. And in it, Lori Laughlin plays a female BMXer. We have talked about crew, this before. And, uh, and Crew Jones uh, uh, is, a, is a male BMXer. And all of the BMX scenes that were not part of the big race at the end were all done by the same guy named Eddie Fiola. So you see this part where... Lori Laughlin's biker character is very clearly Eddie Fiola in a wig. And I love it. Like, because she's very, she's dressed, she's got the, the slight bell-bottom white pants on and a, like, a sparkly uh, black top. That is the most feminine thing you would have seen back then. You're like, your back is very broad. You are, your back is very broad and your legs are very de defined for a woman in these one random shots. And then the other shots to compensate are, like, are, are just of her are very clearly like the bike on like some type of platform because you can't see it. And it's just Lori Laughlin from the like the knees up. Mm -hmm. And you can see that the bike is clearly attached to something. That's but that was, that was what stunts were like mm -hmm. for, for something like that back then. So they said, who Jones? No, it was Crew Jones. The character's name was Crew Jones. C-R-U. I don't okay. know how many people in the real world have been named Crew. I don't know either. I don't think it's uncommon. You know, that movie was like Talia Shire, the actress Talia Shire. Adrian. Um, okay. okay. She she produced that movie and she hated it so much that she refused to let it be like, she bought it and wouldn't let it be produced again. How did you see it? But, well, but, um, saw it I saw it when I was young, uh, oh, when I was okay. young, but then eventually I had to sail the high seas to get a copy. But just a couple wow. years ago, the statute of limitations has long since passed. You but, can't get them now. But um, just recently, they finally got it out on streaming. Like you can Who finally streaming that movie. Uh, it's like some company I'd never heard of. Like like you can like download it for P like pay VOD now. That is fascinating. The eighties. Did man. you do this immediately? The, yes, I did. I, I immediately. Immediately. Haven't you ever heard the song? He had Send like a Google alert set up, and he was like, "I'm in." Like as like as like I know I've got a lot of work to do, but what I really want to know is like, was Crew would Crew Jones have been eliminated for hopping a barrier during this race in Rad? Like I I would go off on these tangents, and people would be like, "What are you talking about?" You're like, "I'm just in a small world." I'm like, "It's like I experienced something that none of the rest of you did." Yep, it was uh, it was uh, it was, those were good times. It had uh, who is the uh, the one of the guys Bart uh, Bart Taylor is the guy in the movie. 
who was in, played by a guy named Bart Connors in real life, who was okay. like a, an Olympic gymnast. And this was his first thing after being an Olympic gymnast is he was in a, a movie about bike racing. That's cool. I, I love it. So I'm saying that movie should have won awards, but I'm just saying that the actors, like they had to have a guy do the, the stunt scenes. So, right. you know. So would he win? The best female action star. Like, would it be for, because he played, would the best, would it be would because Would he win he, the best female action stunt or would he win best stunt man because he is a man? That... We we I could assume. just we could solve all these problems by just getting rid of it entirely. Do you think says, that would help? I mean, do you think no, that would help award not. shows if it? In some ways, it may forget the wokeness aspect of it. Like, it makes it more competitive if everyone's competing for one single title. Not in an industry that loves to virtue signal. <laughs> they will. It will be nothing but. Uh, but they virtue would get signaling. virtue signaling by being like it's gender inclusive, like and it's a, it's equality. And then they'll right? say even in the gender inclusive awards, straight white men have won all the awards since that this year. Like that's what they will. Wouldn't say. that be interesting if you took away the barrier and like it's like straight white Just men straight still white. win? Yeah. Like what would that tell you about culture? That well, I mean, that's that's uh, there was we did a thing earlier this week. There there was a topic that was like uh, they 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 made the award shows more the the category the the people who vote for them, mm-hmm. they made the Academy voters more inclusive and it didn't change anything. And, th- and they were mad because like, isn't that what you want? Isn't that actually yeah. the meritocracy you were looking for? Right. That the, everyone got a chance to vote or all the people from all the groups you thought deserved a chance to vote. I just feel strongly that award shows will eventually die away. Like, I just think that they must Or be- they'll go online only maybe. Right. I mean, I think in some ways they just must not be profitable. I know that like there are some merits, but streaming is so disruptive to the traditional uh, means of releasing movies that like, do you even need to have a critically acclaimed movie? Like at what point does that matter? Or is it that there are there are certain award shows that will die away as other ones become valuable, right? My my pitch earlier this uh, the, when we were talking about this before, said, you know what they need to do? They need to start sending the actors to the Razzies, like embrace the some Raz- some go. I, I know that when Catwoman won, Halle Berry accepted in person. I think Selena G- Gomez yeah. went and accepted one in what person I, too. I don't know what for, but my point when I was talking about what I mentioned, Mary's like, think about remember when. Um, like mean tweets was a thing mm-hmm. and everyone kind of liked it because it took the piss out of the celebrities. Yeah. Like you had like they say so, they read something mean about themselves and then give a sad face. Yeah. And my point was like I didn't like it when they clapped back because you have all the power you have all the status right you're saying this on national television this is not what the point of this is the whole point is that you're now you're not the court jester anymore now you're the king right they're the court jester you're supposed to be the one that's allowed to mock the king yeah and i like i could understand like in any industry right that you would have awards i mean there's awards in journalism there's awards in accounting there's awards for architecture right there's tons of stuff I don't think it's wrong that Hollywood would want awards, but like the idea that it matters to the public is actually long gone. Like I yeah. don't think it matters. We and don't in have some the ways, unified like, culture anymore right. that cares about those institutions. And I can't help but think it must be a loss, like in terms of literally a financial loss to keep putting them on on these large scales. I think in some ways maybe COVID was helpful because they could limit, you know, who was allowed to go and like you know you couldn't have people close to, close together and stuff like that yep. so they could see like no one really is pursuing this yeah. i don't know that winning an academy award <laughs> is meaningful outside of hollywood yeah. but it doesn't i could understand where like that does matter 
to yeah. producers and stuff like that. Yeah, for for the resume and stuff. And it's like before before we move on, let's just move on to the next topic because somebody who did win an Oscar, an Academy Award, and gave it to uh, to Zelensky is Sean Penn. Sean Penn is in the news because Sean Penn believes that uh, if you are not vaccinated, you should have to be forced to stay home, not have a job, and not go to work. You should just be just go home and die. Will you? Says that Sean Penn. Crazy. Like how detached from like the common man can you be? I ask. Like when you really think about it, like he he had a, a also like this is this tweet, but we've pulled up is from December eighteenth, twenty twenty two. So that means this interview hopefully was you know it's not something from yeah. last but this year. Is, like but- this is several years into this. It wasn't the Washington Post that just ran an article saying the most COVID deaths are among vaccinated people? Like, yes. This is well, such then they a soften that headline. They remember they soften that. Headline. Well, I don't care. I saw it first. Yep. Uh, this is such a bizarre stance to take. Like when we were at the height of the the panic of lockdowns and stuff. Like people were angry. It's still people not an were... okay thing to say, but I would understand where you're more freaked out. Whereas, like yeah. two years in, this is your position. Like, like have crazy. you just not been paying attention to the news, or are you just that clueless? But that's the thing. They're talking heads. They are that clueless mm-hmm. most of the time. Well. And also, what is this message saying? Like, if you don't get vaccinated, you should suffer. Like, you shouldn't have the choice. It's you malice. should have to conform to the medical authority of the government to support yourself. Otherwise, you should be ostracized, says the actor. Question. Yeah. Like, why are you the one who's doling out this advice? It's very funny how quickly it proved that a lot of, like, celebrities are extremely authoritarian. Like, extremely They're authoritarian. They're so authoritarian. Um, uh, but not- also because I think rules are bent for them all the time. So, they're like... Yeah, take the vaccine. I don't care. I will go off and live somewhere else. Like exceptions are made for me, but everyone else should comply. Somebody pointed this out. It says Sean Penn, journalist who called Hugo Chavez a dictator, should be jailed. Like I love it because so, like it's not I, my favorite political authority. I, I mean, I, I'm better. Uh, I, I'm better like uh, under the idea that I just like maybe he's getting old and this is all like a hilarious. Like I just want to say the worst things possible. Maybe he's just a nihilist. But I don't. I don't think that's what it is. But he's I actually this, trolling everyone. He's trying to get everyone no, to be like, can you believe he this, said that? This dude went to Ukraine and gave Zelensky an Oscar. Which what is Zelensky going to do with it? Like, well, Zelensky was an actor, so maybe he was he was honored. But it doesn't so. like work. Like Sean Penn doesn't get to he's be like, like I am officially bestowing you with my Oscar. He, like it's as if you won it. Like that's like, is just this like weird. a is this like a weapon I can use against Russia? Like what am I supposed to do with this thing? Like it makes no sense. So, so beyond this, the point of this topic, guys, is I wanted to draw kind of a, a comparison about two people who have taken what you would call two people in the same sphere, which is Sean Penn and Tim Robbins, both actors, both celebrities, both uh, had their own early opinions on COVID and went down vastly different paths as far as their understanding mm-hmm. of what it meant for culture, their understanding of what the pandemic meant as far as how it related to politics and our government. And it's a shocking difference between the two. So we have this article uh, from Breitbart from Tim about Tim Robbins. He was on uh, um, Russell Brand's podcast, and they what released is Tim Robbins. And I'm not as familiar. I would I, I would have to go like, like a bunch of stuff. Like he's okay. in a bunch of stuff that I've seen. But like uh, Mystic River. Miss, yes. Okay, that's what I was like. So Mystic they were River. both in Mystic River. Like, okay. Um, so this is one of those things where you have to look at like, do people grow? Can't, like what we learned early on is that people were going to listen to what the government had to say. And the problem I have with that is the reason this pop, this podcast is named what it is, is that the people parroting that information were these people, celebrities. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people who were complying weren't complying because they actually watched the news. They're complying because they follow some celebrity on Twitter. 
Mm-hmm. That's somebody that they they look up to, and for some reason they think because they can act mm-hmm. in a movie that they are some type of authority on government yeah. or politics or health and uh, or, or uh, environmental crisis. You know, if we're talking about climate yeah. change and stuff like this, so that's what the I'm talking crisis about. is that people depend on pop culture yes. to make their worldviews, but pop culture has been uh, infiltrated in some ways to be held to sort of unrealistic standards there's not organic development of opinion exactly so so the the idea here is my question is can people grow like what i've learned is that a lot of it is we we i've been told that it's harder to get somebody to uh realize they were wrong than it was to convince them of something in the first place right like once you've been told something wrong it's harder to convince that you that that is not true yeah than it is to convince you that it's true in the first place yeah right so I find it harrowing when people can come to their own conclusions because they kept their eyes open. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of YouTubers who have talked about how they believed certain things of certain groups and they didn't realize that they believed separately until they actually interacted with people in those groups. And in a society that is increasingly closed off, increasingly reliant on digital communication, which is automatically inherently combative. Yeah. Just interacting with people that see the world different you than you see the world differently than you in a human manner is often enough to maybe not make you agree with them, but register humanity that can't be seen digitally. Mm-hmm. In this case, Tim Robbins didn't realize that he had come to a different conclusion, that he was going to start going to a different conclusion until he found himself biking past a protest against uh, vaccine and mask mandates. Yeah. So should we, do, should we tell this story? Yes. So, so Tim Robbins did this interview with Russell Brand. And he says that he um, he was just recounting his experience with the lockdowns and with COVID and how mandates affected him. He said he was he would get angry initially when he was in California and people weren't masking and people weren't social distancing. It was it was actually something that upset him. He goes to New York State. He lives there for a little while. He ends up in the UK and his opinion begins to shift. Um, and he says he was somewhere he could hear a protest, an anti. Yeah vaccine or anti-masking protest is what i think he says and people it's this funny thing where he's like so i went i went there i mean i had my bike i was biking around like, I, was just, I wasn't going there i he I'm, said he said the words i joined them i mean i was just i just happened to come by and he said talking to the people who had these views he's like oh they're not the people i thought they were in fact a lot of them are left and liberal and hippies and whatever else and they, but they believe in personal freedom believe in personal freedom and they believe in uh medical autonomy right so i think this kind of honesty i mean i think in some ways you have to applaud robin for being like i am honest i i did not agree with this at all i thought it was wrong and i have it's hard to it's very hard to admit that especially in the like i find that like it's it's almost maybe easier in like an interview format Mm -hmm. than it would be online like it's very hard to admit you're wrong uh, like every time I see people argue, like one of my bad habits is I don't argue with people online, but I am a doom scroller who will read an argument that people have. You are there with the popcorn. Uh, I am the, like, but I hate it. I do it, but I hate it. Like, mm. right. And like every once in a while, somebody will be like, oh yeah, you were right. I was wrong. And then like yeah. the person doesn't know how to respond to them because nobody expects anyone to ever admit that they right. weren't right about something. And like you're saying before, like when people take a stance on something, especially publicly, like they don't want to back down. Now, I don't know that Tim Robbins backed down. He mentions in the interview he has a charity theater company that had yep. to stop working. Like it seemed like uh, it is Hollywood, right? Like he's a celebrity and yep. he's an actor. But 
like a lot of Americans, lockdowns had an increasing effect on him, not just his business and his personal work, but also in the way he interacted and, and saw his community, saw people around him, like increasingly negative, increasingly hostile until suddenly he was like, actually, I don't, I don't know. And he says he began to sort of question the information, especially when they started changing the words. And it just feels like most people aren't questioning or don't, don't. I don't know if they just never take in that new information mm -hmm. or if like the, the number one way that I feel like they get through it now is like they just, they've demonized the, the news source that runs opposite to or, their worldview. Yeah, or if you were to say like, if you polled people, you know, when vaccines were starting, started coming out and people were like, no, it's the right thing to do. You need to do it, help everybody, whatever else. And you genuinely believe it. Like that is one thing. I would be curious two years out if it didn't have the same connotation as being like, a conspiracy theorist or someone who's against culture yeah. or whatever else like would people who got the vax who are like yeah but if i could do it again i wouldn't and it's not because yeah. i think that it's terrible it's just i i think that the pressure that was put on us to comply and the fear that was used to motivate us like turned out to not be as serious as it as it was yeah. right i think that we can all look back and be like hey i think we all would have made different uh we would all handle that situation differently but what's most notable is if you say that now you have been brainwashed. You are giving into this other side yeah. when like we don't give anyone the, the space to be like, yeah, I, I, I think maybe we made the wrong call or my opinion, I've gained more information and my opinion has changed. You're QAnon now or you've been brainwashed by people who is, where, where was the first place you heard about it when it, when the, when news first about started about the pandemic, about COVID? Well, I, uh, was living in New York and so I remember watching the news and like for my job I kind of kept an eye on it but then um, I had I had been really sick with the flu like mm. right before and it was like, I got was, sick right away I got sick early March and it was like you know you're really sick you're horrible like I had such a high fever and I, I February like right yeah I got sick like last couple yeah. days of February into early March and yeah. I remember when I finally started feeling better I took the train out of New York to like go go see family and um the as soon as I stepped on the platform they were like the first COVID case has been yeah. detected in New York and like that was like what February March 12th 13th like the world just started shutting down but like there had been conversation about it since December of the year yeah, before that's what I'm saying like I first heard about it from Stix Hexenhammer who was talking about it in December yeah and basically saying stock up on supplies there's yeah. going to be there's going to be problems and stuff like that and it's like maybe it's because you got that early warning from somebody that wasn't giving you panic vibes mm -hmm. that it it allows you to think more clearly but if you're working a actor you're not in tune to culture war issues and politics aren't your thing outside of just what you in you know taking on twitter and in the news yeah i can't blame them originally for acting or for being misinformed but i do have problem with well, when, when your first thought goes to authoritarian measures and hatred and and vengefulness well, i and take I, issue with that. i think part of it is if you grow up if you're living in cultures and cities that like um Especially in industries like Hollywood where it's like you need to keep up appearances and you need to see what everyone else yeah. is doing and go with it. Like it becomes, you become even more susceptible to being like, I, I am going to see this decision for myself, yeah. right? And I, you know, with Sean Penn two years out being like, you should not work if you, you should stay home. Like, are you looking Detached at Detached from reality. Right, and are you looking at any of the science? Like, does that support, does that seem fair? Does that seem like that's a viable option for a human adult to just, not Stay work home. are you saying that like they they should compromise their beliefs like we would hope that we live in societies where you are allowed to exercise autonomy of, over your decision making and therefore 
your decisions are honored as much as they can be as anyone else right if someone chose it's like now like if, if you're on a plane and someone wears a mask like i don't care do what you need to do yeah. right i think i actually that get annoyed when people complain like I, I i have my bad moments where i like i'm like i, I roll my eyes but I understand that some people are immunocompromised and I'm, I'm as... Just like I don't want to have to explain myself to someone else. I don't, don't need, need you to, to explain yourself exactly, to me. Exactly. Like if that's your choice, that's cool. But I'm not also going to do it, right? Yeah. And I think that this evolution of being like, I felt angry at people. Like that was our culture's way of being like, if you don't comply, you are harming other people. And people who are empathetic are like, Demonized yeah, why would you do that? Like, and the media pushed that. Right. So like, you're killing grandma. With no data and no science to back yeah. it up and with no uh, ability to say like, well, hey, what, what are the long-term consequences of these decisions? And like, it is funny to contrast these two people who co-starred who are on different ends of this cycle because I think they are, if even though they're actors like a sampling of the American public, they are people who are still rabid about yep. what you should be doing. And there are people who are like, we are on the other side of this and I, I, I look back and have taken away these lessons. When when we covered that topic about Bill Hader wearing a mask to like the Golden Globes or whatever, um, the comment section in like Cinema Blend or whatever it was, I don't remember which site I was reading. Oh, it was like AV Club. They were like, "I'm with him. I'm wearing. I'm not not wearing my mask, and my kids are going to be wearing their masks until I know good and well that this is gone." That's never. That's never going oh, to happen. It, like th it's that's 2023. We aren't eradicating oh COVID. COVID. It's going to be endemic, and that's going to be true in a lot of countries. And we just need to decide when we're at that point. And a lot of medical experts believe we're there. If you choose to wear a mask, if you choose whatever, like, cool, yeah. do it. But do it. If you're doing it to prove that you are better than people, like that's actually not the effect. You're just proving that like you are more terrified, which I feel sad for you. Well, and a, a lot of them look at that terror that feeling is like virtuous mm -hmm. they they're smart to be more terrified than you are mm -hmm. so I, I i just think that this is this is the tale of how two celebrities who both have an enormous amount of public influence i mean well, comparatively speaking well, who to are us are you going to hear more about are you going to hear more about sean penn who's saying the right thing or are you going to hear about tim robbins yeah. who's like over time my opinion changed and he's not even being rabid or saying don't no. get it he's just saying like yeah masking in particular they have good questions about yep so it's like maybe this is partially our fault as parts of the media too but like the media doesn't reward nuance and the media doesn't reward any type of uh, middle of the road behavior yeah. it only rewards the worst of people yeah and that's i hate that like one of the things about doing the show is like i, I don't ever want to fall into the category of angry mm. like as much as a lot of the topics we cover make me angry mm -hmm. like uh, like there was a like um i was sent a couple of topics like things about like horrible things like it was about like a uh, like trans gamer gets caught texting mind like that stuff just makes me angry it makes me sad and it makes me angry because you know that people are being hurt mm -hmm. and i have to be able to ask myself if we cover this can i cover this in a rational way mm -hmm. that will not just seem like i'm spewing venom right because one it weighs on me yeah over time and i can't do that like yeah. it's just not in me like a lot of people they, they thrive on it they love the anger they love the the vitriol and if that's your medium and like there's an audience for that like I, for weirdly, sure, like for that's sure. fine that's your thing that's not my thing i can't do it for my own soul basically yeah. but like i don't want to get that angry but the the media doesn't reward nuance it, re it rewards anger yeah well and i think we have this uh fall in line attitude like there are right opinions and there are wrong opinions and you if you don't say the right thing we assume that you 
believe the wrong thing. Yeah. And I have just always felt like I I want to have enough humility to say that I don't know enough about everything to have an opinion on it and to That's that's how I You know say what I mean? Like I, I think so much of the world is being uh shepherded into one side or because they're afraid of being pushed into the other and the the consequences of those things. Yeah. And I think that they're like Tim Robinson, there are a lot of people who will tell you like yeah at first i thought like sure let's do this let's like this is the this is the information i had and i tried to make the best decision with it and as i gained more information it evolved and i wish that we believed in that narrative as much but unfortunately like this there's a lopsidedness this there's a reason you know i don't want to like and we live in a but like we live in a 24-hour news cycle there's never downtime to reflect well, and that means that there's no time for you to make your own decision. Yeah. Like, I think you should be given all the information you can be and you make your own decision from there. And yeah, of course, there are going to be people that you maybe trust, you know, that, yeah. that their their opinion or, you know, whatever their background is. Their track record. Th- it's a little bit more weighted for you. So if they say something, you believe it. But like, ultimately, I just think limiting information is the most dangerous thing. Absolutely. And I think that like, in some ways, Sean Penn is showing like, he doesn't have all the information like he has stopped listening to the narrative in December of 2020 and that's it stuck there he doesn't know anything that's happened since and so much with all of these rules and regulations have happened since yep it's it's sad and then it's like and we know that the the mainstream media has an ironclad way of like keeping things secret they just don't talk about it yeah like look at what's happening with like the Twitter files they they win just by not talking about it for sure. They, they like that's that's the sad part. It's mm-hmm. like I get angry because I'm like, look at all these people that aren't getting informed because they're just not hearing about it from bad actors. Right, right, so right. It is what it is. All right, let's do some super chats. Yeah, um, it's over nine thousand. Yeah. Says, what are your thoughts on high school reunions? I'll be going to my ten year yeah. reunion later today. Thoughts? Did you go to a high school? I've reunion? never been to a high school reunion. I didn't I- think my high school organized reunions, although I've been told that that's not true. Um, I think you should go, but I am a big like try to pour into your community. And at various points in your life, you've been through different communities, like your schools or whatever else. Um, you know, you can always leave, right? Yeah. Like especially if you live locally, you can go check it out. See if you see anyone fun and, and leave. You never know what people are up to. I guess it also depends. Like, do you still live in that community? Are yeah. you still a member? Like, for me, like, even when I was in high school, I was traveling for skating and my friends, like, the, the thing about skating is, like, the, the sport is your community. So, whereas most things you do are your community, even if you play sports, you're still dictated by where you live. Mm-hmm. If you play hockey, you play hockey with the people in your community. Right. Skating is not something where, yeah, you might have some friends in the area that do it, but once you reach a certain level, you start branching out to other people that mm-hmm. do it in the state. You know, you organize uh, back then, it was yeah. through message boards and then and stuff like that. So, my friends back were from then. my friends. Well, I, I graduated in 05. Oh, so man. it's like, like, uh, like, my friends were from all over the state. My best friend at that time was from Shakopee, which was far away from where I was where yeah. I was living. So I had friends from all over. So I didn't really spend much time with kids that I went to school with. I had sure. friends that were a grade under me yeah. that skated, but like they weren't in my class. Yeah. So for me, I never thought of high school as a place that I spent time at. It was a place I went to so that I could get done so that I could go yeah. out skating afterwards. I went to a really small high school in kind of a rural area. And so like, I think I was the only new kid in my entire oh. school, my freshman year. Uh, and that's totally fine. But like, I think there are more people who keep in touch just cause like they're still in that area or yeah. you know what, I, you know what I mean? So for me, I feel like I would feel awkward going to a high school reunion, but I would still like, 
think I want to. But for them, it might be like, oh, yeah, I saw you a couple months ago. Like, everyone has their own experiences. I just think that, like, we don't do enough to try and, like, reconnect with people. And I think if you can and if it's not a problem for you to go, do it. Again, like I said, you could always leave after 15 minutes. Yep. Uh, so I say go. Yeah, go for, like, we say go. Don't don't be a, a, a stick in the mud like Plus, me. Plus, like, Hallmark would tell you, especially a Christmas time <laughs> high school reunion like you could go your eyes locked with that person that you had a huge crush on <laughs> back in the day and then there's christmas lights and you had chocolate and then you get married which is my ultimate goal for all of you my favorite thing is like i love sending you the things from that guy who makes the I like the the like how like every Chris, mm-hmm. every hallmark movie ever made yeah and i was like like th- there was a babylon b meme the other day it says hallmark scientists say that they're dangerously close to coming up with the second plot i was <laughs> no so first off they have plots it's just like Busy businessman goes back and nice or, hometown or, girl meets him. Or business woman. Or, or, or busy town business lawyer, woman bus, big town lawyer. goes to small town and falls in love with hometown hunk. And I think <laughs> these are all we need in life. He's, he's a lumberjack. with. He's a uh, lumberjack who also volunteers to build the sets for the children's nativity. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a young daughter. She's got a, a young son. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both, he's a widow. She's, uh, she's divorced. There are all kinds, but like they mostly <laughs> stick to those two things. Uh, so I say, oh, by the way, one trope I don't like in TV shows is, is reunion episodes. Every show that does a reunion trope... I don't like the... I don't like it. Okay, I don't like the reflection episodes where it's like they cut a bunch of clips. They'll be like, well, what about that time? And then they yeah. show you just clips. Like, I feel like that's when the writers are like, ah, we, I'm tired. Like, can we just... Every, every crime drama... Like every like creative crime drama does one where they have to go to some type of reunion, even if it's not theirs. Like they are undercover at a reunion mm. and they're always kind of cheesy. There was a good one from Person of Interest that had Nestor Carbonell in it. I thought I, Psych had one and I thought that one was pretty good. Psych is a, Psych is a well-written show. Yeah, though. Psych like, is great. James Roday. Yeah. Dula Hill. Uh, Devoured Eagle says James Hong is like a hundred years old and he's a legend. With Devo- I think Devoured Eagle also took issue with the fact that he used the term harrowing earlier for uh, uh, when I was talking about Tim Robbins. Yeah, maybe not harrowing isn't the word for it, but definitely commendable to go on your own kind of journey of self exploration, come out the other side with a different conclusion, and admit that maybe you know your initial assumptions were faulty. And there's a lot of humility there. Humility is to be supported and encouraged. Yeah. I I think that people um, overlook humility and you don't want to like have be be like, oh, constantly castrating yourself. But on the other hand, you know, I think that I think that we live in a society that forces you to take an opinion too often. And I just don't like that. Uh, Paradification says Bones had a great reunion episode. I... It was funny because the, it was the episode, if I remember correctly, that had the dude from Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, what's his name? The the actor from Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, the guy who plays Freddy. I'm not uh, the mm-hmm. guy who plays Freddy Krueger. I just forget his name. But he uh, he plays the janitor. You guys don't understand. Brett can remember every actor, and he's looking at me like I'm gonna save him on I'm this. It, like, uh, um, but um, he's a uh, he plays the the school janitor who would get her animals to to dissect. Because she was weird in the show. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I was I like that episode because uh, but not as much as others. I'm just I'm not a reunion guy episode. Just me. I've lost our place in the chat, so I'm gonna okay. read, I'm gonna read off this screen. Uh, Potatoes for Seamus says uh, Hannah Claire is self care with those eyes. Yeah. Thank you. I grew them myself. All it's, by her. I've been working on it for my whole life. Uh, it was Robert England. That's the England. England. The guys. I've England with the U. Okay. 
Uh, Devoured Eagle says Wednesday equals Twilight movies rehashed. I love that. I'm getting some like, conflicting. Like I feel like you're just referencing it, other franchises. Is it Twilight? Is it? Uh, is but it how does it compare to Riverdale? Right. That's the other kind of teeny bopper show. I've never seen a single episode of Riverdale. Really? I love the 100 though. Um, Potatoes for Shame says, uh, "Gotta have Hannah Claire say bad app. I'm not reading <laughs> that uh, for the next." Gross John video. Merry Christmas, Hannah. I can't read all of it. Oh, hold on. I, uh, oh, you can't read the rest of it. it says Merry. Uh, I'll I'll get it here. But there's something else I want to show you. It says okay. Merry Christmas, Hannah, Claire, and Brett. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you too. Keep going. Uh, can you read the next? Yes, one? I can. Sorry. Oh, we need we need Mary back. Uh, Thousand foot deep end says no. I can't read it. It's gone now. Okay. Hold on. Guys, you don't understand the tech behind this show. I am such a Luddite boomer. I never know what's going on. Go for it. Um, he, Thousand Foot Deep says, Super chatting just so Hannah Claire has an easier username to read. I really appreciate that. Before, it is crazy how much I struggle with this. Before we move on, I want you to see this, Hannah Claire. That is you. Someone tweeted this at me, which like... We have to find what? the we have to find the gross John video. You need to see the video. Is it the dancing thing? Yes, I have seen it. Okay, she's because seen it. Jessica, who does all of the amazing art for for the company, messaged me this like eight a.m. one morning and was like, <laughs> "You're an amazing dancer," and I'm like, "That's not true. What is happening?" That was uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I uh, you guys are amazing and talented. Gross, um, gross John is an artist with the videos. He is. Yeah, I can't imagine. Also, like, is this? Do you do this? Because you're practicing a skill for another job, or is like, did, did our show inspire this? Also, uh, Potatoes for Seamus, thank you. Merry Christmas to you as well. Uh, what's the end of Thousand Foot Deep Ends? I can't see it. Oh, and, oh, and, and Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. And to you as Guys, well. Guys, I'm loving and the Christmas festivity here. Also, that's Merry squeaky. Christmas. Waffle Sensei says, Brett, I am that guy, uh, UPS driver by day, always listening and studying things to, uh, to stay entertained. Y'all are my co-pilots while working thanks bro thank that's you awesome. That that's awesome that's cool and uh that is like uh, like bocus is my co-pilot if you're like my, my hashtag bocus is my co-pilot uh-huh. um we are all co-pilots here that's so funny um thousand foot deep end says uh chrisman is this christmas movie recommendation we're no angels not sure where to find it other than on dvd the dark dry Humor is so unexpected and Humphrey Bogart. Is this a thing where he's like an angel who comes back? It's like an old movie? Mm. Well, I could wh- be wrong. But what about Angels with Dirty Faces? What's that? I don't want to Home know. Alone. Oh. The Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Right. Yeah? 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 Um, Corey Anderson says, Hannah Claire, <laughs> do you have children? I do not have children. I'm not married. One day. Uh, one day. That we'll is- see. Nobody asks if I have kids. I, I feel that. Must there's be like, a hat. There's, like, there's an SNL. Also, because you're always like, no, my brother's going to outlive me. Like, my brother's going to like, not sure. Uh, Fair enough. My, uh, there's an SNL skit where it's like, you're asking moms what they want for Christmas. And they're like, oh, nothing, nothing. What do you want? And then they all say grandchildren. Like, oh. I think my family's at the age where, like, I don't even ask my dad what he wants for Christmas because he's like... For when you are to you get going, married? When are you going to my best provide team? me with uh, grandchildren? He asks. Um, this next one, Devoured Eagle. Devoured Eagle says we women <laughs> are getting stunted. Well, yeah, well, stunt woman. Stunt woman. Oh, okay. See, the thing is, like, if you, here, I apologize because if you came into this podcast and you didn't know anything about me or the show, you'd think I was like being rude to women all the time because I say woman. He's always. It's, it's a joke. It's a no, joke. No, you're not the only one who does that, right? Like, no. 
<gasps> it's happening again. They, see, it's worth it just for your face. You're like, oh my God. I'm just like, it's incredible. You guys understand, it's so fun. Merry Christmas. Don't you guys feel festive? Like, I, this is great. Listen, I love the lack of cynicism of this time of year. That is the whole point, right? Yeah. That it's just, it's not cynical like the rest of the world. I love having things to look forward to. I feel like so much, like, especially like, you know, like everyone in our office, and I'm sure all of you guys too, like, we all work really hard and like, it's easy to be like, I got to get this done. I got that money. Go. I got to get this done. I have to be here. And then on this weekend, I've got these things to take care of. And I like the idea that like, this is the time of year we go out of our way to like, just enjoy things yep. right um okay francisco sanchez jr says hannah claire brimlow if the fast and the furious leave any impression on you in the long term it's the importance of family merry christmas Aww. pcc but yes. he spelled it merry like sweet sweet mary morgan oh that's so funny well, that, yeah, that merry includes christmas, all of us in it yeah. so, so no i lot of, i don't know if he's doing it on purpose like an allusion to our uh to our missing to our, our missing host yes um, Devoured Eagle says Oh you mean the cartel sympathizer <laughs> pen Sean Penn is awful Yeah like Also shut up Like why, <laughs> why are you talking Like stop Stop now Does that, You know what I mean Like who is asking him Do you think he's in this interview Like and they're like So tell us about your new movie And he's like I think anyone who isn't vaccinated Should stay home and not work See I think I think that like he likes it I think like at this point now He just enjoys it Well that's what I mean Like is he Thank you Oh my gosh, it's like That was extra. Uh it's like uh I, I just I just don't understand. Like at what point did he decide that this was like his purpose in life? Did he feel like being an actor was too frivolous and he's like, I've gotta do these weird he does like documentaries kind of, right? That's yeah, why he, he was does. in Ukraine. Yeah, he does. Um but also I mean a lot of them De Niro as they got older. They all get weird and, and kind of outspoken. So I don't know, it is what it man. Is. Let's do a couple more, and then we'll read the rest after our last. Uh, we got one more. We got two oh more. Oh, my gosh, Brett. You know what we should do what? after the show? What? First Pick off, I tried to get Brett to go see various relatives for Christmas as a Hallmark movie showing up on your doorstep gesture. He refused. I have um, Bocus to take care of. <laughs> yeah, you are Bocus's you are Bocus's lead medical provider right now. I am. Um, the other thing that I think we should do is watch the animated movie i think it's 51 minutes grandma got run over by a reindeer if anyone listening has seen this movie i cannot tell you how like what a strong memory i have of multiple christmases watching that with my cousins on like this one couch like after you have like family yeah. christmas dinner like it was the best and if you haven't seen it it's weird and worth it okay have you seen it I don't think I've seen it. You know the song? Yeah, yeah. I, I know the song. Like that. that was like, I, was, I don't know what I came first. In my if... mind, this this movie came first, and the song got famous. But I'm not sure that's true. Have you ever heard the song "The Night Santa Went Crazy" by Weird Al? No, it's an original. There's so much to do after this. It's We've about gotta... him. It's about him basically becoming like a, a a North Pole version of a school shooter. What? <laughs> he goes nuts. And, Stop, you, Weird and, Al, you okay? He goes nuts and takes out everybody at the North Pole. Oh and, my god! And Mrs. Claus gets the movie rights and. The, all of the elves end up working for the post office and the in the in the all of the reindeer end up in therapy well weird we should listen not to all next. The, not all of the not all of the reindeers uh, sometimes i feel like you're about to be like just kidding that's not real no it's, it's real. so detailed it is real um jedi mind trick 75 says merry christmas all chat and crew merry christmas to you guys merry christmas i hope you guys are celebrating and stuff it is weird that uh i would love to know what everybody in the chat is doing for the holidays yeah like, what are too. you guys doing are you guys spending time with family are you going to be out with uh if you're married you've got kids like i'm not talking about like are you going home to see relatives i'm saying like if you're married like do you have special traditions yeah with your family like, i have a couple friends who are getting married like 
come next year and I uh, have asked them like do you so are you guys gonna start spending Christmas together because the whole time they've been dating they might alternate Thanksgivings but they they're like no I do Christmas with my family and I have this one couple friends and they're like we talked about it like we don't think we're gonna start spending Christmas together until we have kids because then you don't want to be apart yeah I don't know if they'll stick by it but it is it is funny like how much interesting choice yeah how much having children can like affect I mean I don't know what they'll do but like it's 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 a how, how you spend christmas and how it changes it really comes down to like yeah. when you get seriously coupled yep. uh one more and then we'll do and then we'll move on well then it's a good one caper 2x says if i forgot merry christmas brett and hannah claire thank merry you christmas so much you too. all right we're moving on we're gonna we got we got a couple more fun ones at the end here guys so this is the law and order version of, of our of the podcast uh, what is the things that you can get in trouble for in hollywood these days this is uh, this is netflix customers could go to prison for sharing their password my goodness can you imagine so dramatic netflix get like, it together well it's the uk they're you know they, they arrest people for speech over there they're they're they're, they're kind of authoritarian over there so it says the, it says sharing a password for a streaming service uh, such as netflix could land you in hot water in the united kingdom the country's intellectual property Property office issued guidance on December 19th that says accessing apps without paying a subscription is an infringement of copyright and you may be committing a crime. The IPO made the IPO made the made a statement in an announcement about its joint campaign with Meta, formerly known as Facebook, to give guidance to people to avoid pirated and counterfeit goods online. Yes, avoid those evil pirated goods. Our mm-hmm. matey, do not. How sail did you see that one movie again? I don't know. How did I see that one movie that one time? Uh, here's my question: There was just a, a report in the news the other day about um, like people who got arrested. For a, a guy got arrested for catcalling a woman under sexual harassment okay. law, and they said it was an undercover sting. Like, I want a thing where Who like was undercover. She dressed. I guess she was a- dressed provocatively. But here's what I'm wondering: like, what if one of your friends is secretly a cop, and you go over to his house, and you you get you get a little too drunk, you stay the night. He's like, "All right, man, you can you can crash on the couch and you throw on his Netflix when you're going to bed." And he comes in the next morning and slaps the cuffs you. on you because you watched Netflix that wasn't on your account. Does it have more to do with the location? Is it about logging in at a place where that person? Or is it like, you know, if if you share a Netflix account with someone, right, and you're logged in on your laptop, and then they log in on their TV, and then one Ooh. of you forgets to log out and signs into their like, you know what I mean? Look, I'm logged in on my, look. I'm logged in on multiple devices in the same place. Yeah. Like, like ooh, uh, what if I'm watching something on this TV but not on this I TV? I think, well, so Netflix started this push to be like, well, actually, you can't just infinitely share your password. We don't like it. Like, you should have come up with this a long time ago and also stop. Like, that is some of the charm of your uh product that people can be like, yeah. oh, look, my, my various friends and family are watching these other things. Like, I just... I don't have any sympathy for them. And I think the fact that you would, you would literally arrest, put someone in jail or find them for this is so stupid. The, the other thing that they're talking about here isn't just that. They're talking about like hacked fire sticks, like people who have like devices, like like a hacked Roku or something like that. But let's face it, that's not the funny part of this. The funny part is no. the idea that you log into a friend's. The funny thing is I don't have a problem with people using my accounts. Mm-hmm. Just use like set up your own profile because I don't want your shows infiltrating my watch list i get that like did did you ever see that tweet that was like some guy being like for the last year my ex-girlfriend has been using my netflix because she set up her own profile as settings 
no. like, with a gear and like he That's never genius. questioned it. Genius and, and respectful. He didn't she didn't interrupt anything. It's so not respectful if she's st- if she if he's spending the money and she's uh no, not respectful. It also, but it does kind of add water to your thing. Yeah, the women don't want to pay for streaming services. They just leech off men, even if they're not dating them anymore. Yeah, 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 for sure. I uh, look. I will say this: I have never uh, taken anyone I'm dating's Netflix password. Like, once the relationship is over, it's done. But if they, like. For me, it functions like I don't own it and I don't have it. So, like, if we're watching TV, you you should probably have a login because I'm providing nothing in yeah. that term. Um, but it is funny that this is something that they're going to police. Like, this is the biggest crime you have to deal with? Well, didn't we have... With hacked to- fire sticks, I kind of understand because, like, that's that more complicated than whatever we, else. Like, but, like... People would steal cable. They'd, like, jack your cable line from, like, if you lived in an apartment building and you had an adjoining wall, mm-hmm. somebody would, like, somehow get your cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, think about, like, is this any different than loaning someone a CD or a a, re- or a or a record like some people like I've had friends loan vinyl like to listen to a something on vinyl like you are not authorized to play this not for secondary purchase or listen like right yeah. like uh, you can still sell things secondary like secondhand like it just it doesn't actually make sense to me I just like I don't understand why this is the hill Netflix is trying to die on. Well, they just launched their ad tier service and it came in under expectations like no by like way. Eight, by like twenty percent like they had to give money back. Yeah. To advertisers because they didn't reach enough eyeballs. That on their... makes sense too. I mean, like, I don't understand why they thought ad tier. So is, are ad we tier. just accepting that Netflix is officially struggling? Like the competition is too hard? Because the thing is. There's still leagues above. All the they have to do now, all the other, um, all the other streaming services like Peacock or Disney Plus, like they just have to be like, run an ad that's like, you can use this on as many devices as you want. It's a direct shot at Netflix yeah. and people will be like, yeah, I don't want to have to deal with Netflix and potentially like, get in trouble with the government because I shared my password with my brother. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there it's such, it makes them such an easy target. Like, are they possible? How can they possibly make enough money to justify this stupid rule? It's also funny too, because fast free ad supported tiers becoming the most common. Like a lot of the shows that I love mm-hmm. are now all being pushed to, because they're old are being pushed to fast. Yeah, I don't like anything. Though. I hate like honestly Peacock. I watch more Peacock now than any... Like, I never thought I would get Peacock. I watch more of that platform now than any... Because of the they have ones. the ads. Because they have the... No, because they have the... Sh- a lot of the shows that would have normally ended up on ad tier are on that platform. I'm re-watching Eureka, uh, Covert Affairs, Royal Pains. Royal Pains is so good. Incredible. Right, Incre- I have the same taste in television, Incredible. But, like, a lot of that stuff, like, a lot of those shows that I love, like Lost Girl, you can't find it on anything other than the CW mm-hmm. app. Yeah, I'm not using the CW app. Not yeah. in a million years. I also feel like ads don't bother me that much because I like when in the, in the Wild West days of streaming. I don't know if you remember this, Brett, but it was like Hulu was the big one, yeah. right? Netflix was still on DVDs. Hulu started streaming. They had ads and like random shows were on it. Not everything. And then also you could go to the CW homepage and they would play like this is how I watched Gilmore Girls initially. Yep. Like they That's would how post I had to like watch like uh, Arrow when Arrow was in right the, in the early. It was seasons. like not even a great like player. They would post no. It would like restart if you if you tried to skip forward. Tried to skip it, 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 it was like over. done. Yep. They would post like three episodes a week, and so like I slowly would work. I was only yeah. allowed to use like like I I I wasn't allowed to watch TV during the school week, so like I would only watch it like 
Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday night, and like that's how I made it through the, yeah. like seasons of Gilmore Girls. It and they was would crazy. keep, and they would only keep certain, um, five episodes at a time, and then recycle from yeah, the beginning. or yeah. or Pushing Daisies. Pushing Daisies was available Ooh. on Hulu, and I remember like waiting for it to buffer at certain points because it wasn't working. Like I can suffer Ooh. through not having it, and I can also suffer through not paying for it and using the ad tier. People who are paying for it aren't gonna like want to put up with the annoyance of like, no, you can't use it. Like, if you are paying for a product, why can't you use it as much as you want? I found a bunch of shows that I like that are on the ad-supported tiers, and I'm like, is there a non-ad-supported version of your non-ad-supported tier? Can I pay to get rid of them? And you cannot. Yeah, like, that's interesting. Like, there's a lot of shows that I love that you just can't. You now, I now have to either numbers. I love the show Numbers from like 2000. I've never it was heard like, of it. Uh, it was a show about like solving crime through math. It was extremely cheesy. David Crumholtz. Is it like an edu- David, edutainment kind no, of show? No, no, no. Actually, it's super based. Like they talk. There, there's a what is the, it? the 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 producer of the show was like a mathematician, and like there's an episode about like uh, about like uh, sending like small loans to 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 Africa and like. Somebody's like, and that works. And he goes, why are capitalists always surprised that capitalism works? That's based so for, funny. for a, like, Wait, it, now I want to watch this. It's uh, it was like David Crumholtz. I'd like who to was, be vicariously good at math for other people. David Crumholtz was the, he was the elf in, in the Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's Rob, uh, um, Rob Moreau. Great, great show. But like okay. Judd, Judd Hirsch plays their dad. Cause what? Judd Hirsch plays everyone's dad. And uh, it's, and they, it's like so not well known that they're like we're not even gonna we're gonna charge for this. Well, no, no, it uh, it was it was on from like 2006 to 2010, so it's just old now. So it's like like are there many people other than me that really really want this show so bad that they'll pay for a streaming service? But for they it? can get a couple ad views by putting it on exactly that. like or you can buy it on on Amazon, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to do. I'm not going to pay for digital content. So uh, beyond this, uh, we have one more, and that is that. I love this because Marvel's screwed. So the court, uh, a court has ruled that movie studios can now be sued for false advertising. This was actually something that we covered early on. It was based on this very specific lawsuit from 2019 from a film called Yesterday. Uh, and what happened is basically the movie got sued because there was clips of Anna de Armas in the trailer and there is no Anna de Armas in the movie. Her, her scenes got cut and these two people are suing... The movie studio, three ninety nine. They paid to see the movie. They're suing for five million dollars in damages. Make your bag, King. This is so crazy. It's also one of these things where, like, if you have the money to cover the legal fees, like, why do would it. you shoot your shot? You know what I mean? Like, I don't really care that much, and it seems a little ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Hand, like, on the other hand, like, hold them accountable. I guess, like, that's how. I mean, in in a lot of civil. in respect civilly like by being like hey you can't just say you're producing something and not have you ever watched a trailer that's like they show you the trailer for the movie and it's like that's not what the movie's about at all yeah oh yeah well i I can never decide if that's because the trailer jennifer's body mine was um, how to they did no idea how to market jennifer's body yeah or uh about time if you've ever seen that movie like it's a really good movie i highly recommend uh the trailer makes it seem like it's a rom-com and it is but it's not and so very different from just literally being like this person's in it and then cutting all their scenes and not saying anything. Well, the, the Marvel is notorious for this. Like there are tra- like they would specifically include shots in the trailers that aren't in the movie to misdirect people. 
So like there are shots in the infinity. But is that War. false advertising or is that like I don't Easter know. eggs? It's like that's it's like that's what I'm saying. It's like so they there are shots in the Infinity War trailer that people were pissed weren't in the actual movie. So the, the, the statement here, it says, Universal sought to throw out the lawsuit, arguing that movie trailers are entitled to broad protection under the First Amendment. Uh, they argued that the, the trailer is an artistic, expressive work that tells this... Uh, I'm sorry, they just got a message here. Uh, that tells the story conveying the theme of the movie and thus should be considered non-commercial speech. But Wilson, that's I guess that's the judge uh, on the case, says he rejected that argument, finding that a trailer is commercial speech and is subject to California false advertising law under the state. Unbelievable. I don't know. I like... I love yeah, it. suing for like what you spent seven dollars on tickets, and now you're suing for five million dollars. Like, Not even that, like three three ninety nine to buy it digitally, and now they're suing for five million dollars. That's crazy. They're paying more in legal fees than they are to, to see the actual movie. Like they're uh, like yeah, they're going to spend more fighting this in court. Yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. I mean, I assume that will come out of like. Hopefully some law firm is like we're going to take this pro bono. And yeah, we're just going to take a cut of whatever you guys make. Yeah, uh, but I just. I think there is something to be said because false advertising is real. There's a lawsuit going on in Florida and I haven't followed it that closely, but there were a bunch of people suing. Like there was like a class action lawsuit brought against Burger King and reading through it, I covered it for the site was so funny because they're suing for false advertising and they're like, under what grounds? Okay. They're saying that the burgers are depicted in a way that is not real. Well, that's like, true. It's burgers and a couple other things, but they're saying like they have. It was like they are they're represented as fifty percent uh, more meat than they actually have. They they are showing that they have toppings that they don't really put on them. The amount of lettuce that they put on the burgers, yeah. like it's sort of. And they went through and they're like, this began because you have to be specific. You can't just be like. I, this didn't look like his picture and I don't like it and so they're like in 2006 they started showing advertising that showed burgers to scale to be this size and compared to what you get at the thing reading this class action lawsuit was so funny because it's like pictures of Burger King ads pictures that someone took at the drive through right and who is that guy on YouTube who does like fat is it like the morning report or something he does like know. he reviews like fast food stuff sounds like uh, there's a guy on Instagram that does that he's like he's like, like he's a, a blonde voice guy a voice, I think he's in Florida actor. like people will know who this is he's he's mentioned in the lawsuit as someone who is like referenced as sort of like an authority on fast <laughs> food and like good because, good work if you can get it right 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 it's amazing and like they will point out that like this is a consistent pro- pattern like I think we come to expect advertisements to be false and we're we're cynical as a society but like in some ways there's like something about this I'm like yeah underdogs like make them pay make them make them know that this is unacceptable that was a Dane Cook bit where he goes I don't know who takes the pictures of the fries at Burger King they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's like they're just jumping out of the they're jumping out of the case. Yeah. He's like it's like those are, it's a glamour shot. They're yeah. Just, well, and there are rules around like how much touching up of anything, but especially food photography, you can do like sometimes I've read about this in like cookbooks and stuff. Yeah. Like they'll cut out like cardboard oh, or they, styrofoam no, they put to, it like, under. to like yeah to make it look fluffy or like bigger with pancakes um, they put pieces underneath each of the pancakes to yeah make it stick out. with uh they put creamer like the inc- instead of milk and stuff like that i've they've been they've ruled against it like there's certain things you can't do anymore yeah to fake what something looks right like. because you're misrepresenting the product and yeah. in this case like if you were anna Darmas, is that who it was yeah it was anna your Darmas. biggest fan in the whole world and you would only see this movie because she's in it and she's not like Yes, you were falsely, you advertised, were falsely to. advertised to. I love it. I think it's, I mean, 
again, like crazy, but also I think I'm on, because normally when you hear people like say like, these people spent $2 and now they want $10 million in damages. Like I start to be like, oh my gosh, people are greedy. It's the emotional damage. It's, it's he's been emotional damage. Scarred. But on the other hand, like, I don't know. They said she was in it. She's not in it. Like, you have a case, in my opinion. My, I never went to law school, but I'd like to pretend I have a legal opinion. Opinion. It, it's funny because it says, the ruling obviously presents a problem for the comic book genre in particular, as the industry will often use vague deception in their trailers in order to throw fans off the scent of the plot, which they do for the purpose of making sure that you don't see everything that's in the movie or to, to push back against, like, if you don't want to know the ending. I mean, think about movies like the Scream franchise, which had to... There are whole clips in the Scream trailers, like lines. There's, like, a line in the in the first Scream trailer from the uh, from the one with uh, Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich where he says, it's time, girlfriend, and that line's never in the movie. Like, there's lines it's that not, are just... Yeah. Like, complete But then myths. also, like, if you... I don't know what the schedule is for production. Like, is if you were a judge, would there be any grace for like, like um, with the Amber Heard, right? When she got cut from Aquaman or like significantly Still in, reduced. Yeah, reduced. If they showed a scene that she filmed and it made it into the trailer, then they cut her back. They don't, release a different trailer and they obviously can't pull back the one they already put out is that false advertising because she's still in the movie but yeah. that scene isn't in it yep. like i am actually curious about where where the lines are we'll have to see well this could go forward we'll have to see all right we got some super chats yeah okay not alan rogers says uh twitter dark mode please <laughs> god i'm begging you uh maybe in the future yeah also, I, I, I didn't have it on dark mode in here oh um, well oh, i don't i don't really use twitter noob i don't is use that the correct use of that word uh i mean i, I don't use twitter on the uh, ever other than like i sometimes have to use it on my phone for like stuff for work and i hate yeah. it i hate twitter i'm I not hate. like i'm not a twitter personality i want to try I don't ever on some parts because like i do repost my articles and so like i do feel like I appreciate when people react to it and I yeah. want to like be engaging in some way, but like, I just like to keep my thoughts to myself, I guess. I Which doesn't make sense because I'm on this podcast being like, here's my legal opinion. Well, no, that's, that's the same thing for me. Like, I love sharing my opinions here. I don't want to, because there's context here. Yeah. Like there's, and, and you're talking to people that are here to listen to the whole thing. Tweet where you tweet one thing and then somebody gives it the worst interpretation they could ever give anything. Yeah. Like I have a Twitter account that is not, doesn't follow like, like no followers it's just there to the the background is a picture of bocus that's funny but, it, but like i don't use it yeah it's not under my name or that's anything. how mine started because it was just like there are certain press releases and stuff that come through on twitter and like but you have to to, 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 to write about them yeah. i have to get to them but like it, i don't even i think i said nothing for like a whole year on twitter and then eventually it was like i don't know i'm writing some interesting stuff maybe people want to find it it's too evil for me yeah people are too angry all the time um, i will say sorry i usually do this at the end but uh the timcast news twitter at timcast news is very very close to hitting forty thousand subscribers and we would really like to do that by christmas let's do it so if you guys feel like following it it's very cool uh convincing reality says sean penn clearly recognizes the oscar-worthy performance Zelensky has treated us to uh for what it is that he's is an entirely a narcissistic egomaniac do you it's, think they met each other and were like, you think you're cool? I'm cooler than you are. You know what I mean? I think that Sean Penn's like, that's a cool green shirt. And now he wears like green long sleeve shirts. It's like he's going to be sponsored by the he, color forest green. I know Ukraine is a controversial topic, but I will say this guy did a whole Vogue photo shoot where his wife was all glam and he wore his pseudo army fatigues. Then he got noticed that he was coming to the U.S. to address Congress and still didn't pack a suit. Nope. Like 
you're not actually in a combat zone. It's a costume. Uh, that's yeah. And that feels disrespectful to people who are fighting on the front lines of that conflict. You know what I mean? I like, mean, it's cooler if he actually just has like a condition where he just loves that color and can't wear anything else. You could get a custom-made suit. Like, I don't understand what's that happening. That would be some drip. Did you see that Jordan Peterson double-colored suit? The, the, the icy suit? It's, no, it's, I it's, haven't seen it's it. It's maroon and uh, blue. I have not seen it, uh, but I will Google it after this. Okay, Charlie Red says, I got a kick out of high school. I got kicked out of I got a kicked out of high school uh, for a prank bad. I never got invited even though I graduated. I don't care because I moved on. People will abandon you. Forget yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, like I, like especially like something like that. Like there's no reason to to go back if it doesn't feel like it, it played a huge role in your life. Right? right. Like in fact, that that moment seems like that would have been like being kicked out, but still graduating feels like that would have been a significant part of your life. But that goes to the contrary of wanting to go to your. your yeah. Room. I mean, like don't go somewhere you don't want to be. Right. But yeah. I just mean like if you're in your hometown, they're having your high school reunion. You've got nothing going on tonight. Yeah. Go for 15 minutes. If you see someone you like cool if you don't leave like i feel like you never know and if you're considering going you probably should just try it i don't know um let's see am i on bad app oh man bad app hello uh just popping in to say merry christmas i love y'all thank you also we need to ask have you been cheating on us with brett cooper yeah the chat has been telling me that you've been cheating on us with brett cooper look i understand this relationship has been going on for a while. It's work. You know, it's it's not as fresh Things as it used stale. to be. Things are stale. The honeymoon it's, period is over. Uh, Brett Cooper, with Brett Cooper, it's fresh and exciting and new. But we I all, ask you, don't give up on us just yet. We all groan about <laughs> Bad App, but then when he shows eyes for someone else, we're like, wait, what Come about back. us? <laughs> uh, Devoured Eagle 35 says, thank you for your work, you guys, with a bunch of Christmas, a Santa, a gift, a snowman, a Christmas tree. Merry Christmas, thank star. You. Thank you Merry so Christmas much. Merry Christmas to you guys. Oh, this is like a nice, I'm feeling the vibes today. They're great. I, I, when Brett was like, hey, can you come on today? Mary's uh, got to be with family. I was like, sure, as long as it's a Christmas eccentric episode. Well, this is Christmas. It's been very Christmassy. It's been super Christmassy. It's <laughs> not our not, topics. Just... It's just not green and red. That's okay. There are lots of ways to celebrate Christmas. Um, can bad I read Bad Ups uh, next one? That is, uh, I mean, if you want to, I leave this up to Mary's discretion. Uh, okay. Bad Ups says, uh, is it called mistletoe when Santa wears pants too tight for his package? And I feel like we'd have to ask a tailor. You know what I mean? Like, we'd have to be like, how are you guys doing? This is just a question from Santa's fans, specifically Bad Up. Um, Devoured Eager says, Hannah is dating for the Netflix and Disney Plus. I don't know what Hannah's doing. Hannah Claire is not doing that. Hannah I Claire recognize is- that if I'm not willing to pay for it myself, I can't expect anyone else to. That's but if you have it, like, that's cool. Otherwise, the thing is, like, then you just end up going to like the one last uh, movie rental place in your state. Yeah. And that is also fun. It's kind of fascinating. We were talking about like how they have video rentals still up in like the Appalachian Yeah, area. I was telling you about this because there are lots of parts, especially of like, I'm sure true in Pennsylvania or Kentucky, but in West Virginia, where the internet service isn't consistent yeah. or whatever. So like you come to town, you rent your five movies for the week, you go back. Like that also means that you're not hooked on your phone all night. And yep. like, I it's find gotta that. It's got to be good for you in some way. It's got to be really good for you in some way. Uh, the dangers is when you can't call nine one one because you don't have any cell service. But the uh, the other one is like it's like a lot of those areas you'll notice that red box is still a thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's more red boxes there than there would be in other places. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Potatoes for Seamus 
says, not sure if it's Hannah Claire and her Christmas cheer or all the Xmas love going around off in the chat, but it's really helping my sinus infection. Keep up the love. Feel better, man. Yeah, feel better. Like, sinus infections are the worst. Uh, he, he mentioned earlier that he wasn't feeling well. So oh, that's the worst. Feel better. Yeah. And guys, I'm really appreciating all the Christmas wishes. I, I love Christmas and I hope you guys, uh, no matter what you're doing, are going to have a good one. Uh, Carnell says. Carnell. Carnell. Car Carnell? I don't know. I want to read it like caramel, but Ooh, with an N. Caramel. Caramel. Carnell. <laughs> <laughs> All hail to the chat. Merry Christmas, Brett and Hannah Claire. Can I get a Hail Mary in in the chat for our PCC ghost girl? I will say Hail Mary because Mail Mary would not want to say Hail Mary because uh, it feels a little bit blasphemous to her. It's but like when you, you're not supposed to drink a toast to yourself. Yes. In honor of Mary, we Hail Mary today. Yeah. Um, thousand foot... Ooh. Excuse me. Uh, a thousand foot deep end says, you may be thinking, Hannah Claire, you may be thinking of the bishop's wife with Cary Grant. Yes, I definitely am. Uh, in Were No Angels, Bogart plays an, uh, an escaped Devil's Island convict <laughs> in 1895. So I'm clearly thinking of a different movie. Okay. Uh, the bishop's wife is a Christmas movie, but it's kind of a weird one. Why? Uh, I don't know. It's an old movie. It's like not... It's there's something kind of down about it. I don't. Know. I remember watching it, being like, "Huh, interesting." It's the way. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. Like, wasn't it? We think of it as a Christmas movie because there's like a big Christmas scene at the end. Yeah. But it actually wasn't released originally as a Christmas movie. Like, it was just a movie. It did poorly, and so it fell into like fair use, and then they started playing it. Oh, that's what someone told me recently. You know, my honestly, my favorite piece of Christmas media is this is gonna be really funny. There's a Cheerios commercial from like the 80s. Okay, here we go. With Scrooge. And he, he eats Cheerios. Uh, he, he's being Scrooge. And then the little bee comes in and he eats Cheerios and he smiles for the first time in many years. That's your favorite that's Christmas? Like, that's my favorite piece of Christmas media. Wait, I haven't seen this commercial I, and I want to find I'll it. see if I can find it. Yes, please do. Go, go to the next chat and I will I will look for it. Okay. Caber2x says, HCV, give up and go to law school. We need your mind. I appreciate that. Well, we, we, you, Do I have, have to take the LSAT? It? Would you consider it? Yeah, yeah. I, I've always thought about going to law school. I mean, I really love what I do now. I'm so grateful to be with TimCast. Uh, and I also, like, you can you can get a master's in legal studies, whatever else. I kind of think higher education is a scam. Like, I think in some ways you are... Outside of being a lawyer right. or a doctor. Well, and like, even with law school, like, there's all kinds of, like, weird corruption that goes into admissions. But um, I, in some ways, I just wish I could, like, sit in on legal classes like audit them audit them yeah you could do that i found the commercial okay let's see we're gonna it. play it even if we get copyrighted i don't even care well i'll i'll delete this brett's part later. christmas present to himself this is my christmas present to myself here we go guys this is uh brett's favorite christmas moment the taste of nuts and honey mr scrooge can they see it Better things to do. But Mr. Scrooge, Honey Nut Cheerios, it's Christmas. My customary gruel will suffice, thank you. Yeah, but Honey Nut Cheerios blends golden honey and crunchy nuts. I said, did you say honey and nuts? It's the face at the end. I'm getting Honey Nut Cheerios now. We're Aren't you? Like, it works. It totally works. And it's not like overdone. I, oh. I love that commercial to this day. That is such a good commercial. So good. That's amazing. It's also like Christmassy without it being like too aggressive. Like I get that a lot of people celebrate different holidays this time of year. Yeah. But like that's a, a story. Like 
I really like that. It, well, it's also it's like it's a it's a memory of a time when the country felt more united. Like everyone didn't celebrate Christmas, but it certainly felt that way. Yeah, and like, like even if you don't celebrate Christmas, like these kind of parable type tales about like doing good and being yeah. generous, like they still work. It was it was the face, it's the guy's face when he's like he's he, well he's, cast. His expression is good, very good. Um, let's see. Bad App says, if you can sue Burger King for false advertising, then you should be able to sue your Tinder date. <laughs> Have you ever seen the, 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 the question? There's, there's a great, um, like TikTok of like, it's like a woman, like they put a, they put a, like a ruler next to their door. They're serve, they're like, uh, measuring men who say they're six feet over six. Oh feet yeah. It's Tinder. like the kind that you see in like convenience stores. Yep. So like if you get robbed, you can be like, they're about this height. And then it cuts to a guy putting a scale in front of his door. <laughs> Like, but I wouldn't think a scale so much as like um, makeup, right? Like, yeah. I'm not particularly good at doing my makeup, but there are some girls who can really like make they become themselves artists. look like they're different people. Yeah, and they they can really do it. And like, it's not that they look bad, but like when you see them without makeup, I could imagine that would be unexpected. Yeah. Um, Matt Gringell says, "I wish you a Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad." Thank you. you Merry now. Christmas. Uh, also, another favorite uh, favorite commercial of mine: Taco John's holiday commercials that had the Feliz Navidad song. That's amazing. I don't My, know what Taco John's I, is. Is this like a regional it's chain? Like, it's like no, I mean, I don't know about regional, but it's like it's like Taco Bell, but like not as not like be- a little bit better. Like they got potato olays. Potato olays are incredible. Potato, like I've never like heard little of this. like basically little potatoes. Um, but the thing is like. It's it's so American to have so much nostalgia and love for a time based on commercial project products that are sold to you. <laughs> like I watched that Honey Nut Cheerios commercial. I don't give a crap about Honey Nut Cheerios, but my God, do I love my childhood thinking about back to it. Yeah. I mean, I ate plenty of Honey Nut Cheerios as a kid, I'm sure. But like, did I eat them at that time because I saw the commercial? No, I just I just love the commercial. But it's all tied to a product that's been sold to you. That's yeah. like that's my argument for capitalism. If I was ever if somebody's ever like why is capitalism good i just played that commercial that i feel like that's good or like they should have it in like advertising classes right like it's nice it's not super aggressive and it just like sends a very simple message it's very sweet um okay gray jedi outcast says unrelated but i've been watching young sheldon and it's actually a lot better than i thought so far reminds me of a 90s family show uh i've heard good things about young sheldon it's not one that i've uh i've not looked into though Speaking of the 90s shows, has anyone looked into they're, they're making that 90s show? They that, are? It's a, it's a that 70s they show. They tried to make a that 80s show after that I think they're making show, right? that 90s show now. 90s are so trendy. They're so back. I feel like that's hard. I actually really like that 70s show. I, I watched it like way, way, way after it came out. And Big stuff Danny like that, Masterson like, fan? Um, well, his character is cool. Obviously, it's controversial. He didn't get convicted. His case got thrown out, but... He is a Scientologist, which I am generally uh, skeptical of. Sorry, Scientology. Well, he's also like on trial for like... No, the case got dismissed. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. It was a whole thing. Of course. It got like... uh, Oh, yeah. It was a mistrial. It was a mistrial. Yep, yep. That's uh, Scientology. Got him off, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Devoured Eagle... Game over, it says. Game over. That's interesting. Thank you. He's maybe done with Christmas. Uh, Luis Aguilera says, Feliz Nappy Dad, Hannah Claire and Brett. (laughs) Feliz Nappy Dad. (laughs) Accommodating for my pronunciation skills. Appaloosa, maybe? 144 says, about Jay Peterson's suit. 
Some company gave him 12, one for each rule. The red and blue one oh. is heaven and hell. Blue is the sheeple, red is gold. Wow. That is fascinating. That is amazing. Also, what is this company? Like, I want to direct all the men in my family to, to get stuff from them. I literally, like, I was like, when, when I saw that picture I posted about it, I said, who is Jordan Peterson's drip advisor? Oh, my God. Look at this. Like, that is bold. I want like, to see it you now. Look at the pic- you look at the pictures of him when he was a professor, and he's, like, very, like, you know, he looks like an ha- academic. Hap- yeah. Haphazardly dressed. It's been a long year. He looks he's like clearly been researching something. Business. In the he's wearing a, a like a suit with with tennis shoes, mm-hmm. as you would be wont to do there. Um, couple more. Uh, let's see. Thousand Foot Deep End says, as a homeschool grad, every family gets together as a school reunion. There you go. Solid. Hey, perfect. That's but I also feel like if you went to homeschool, like you probably were involved in like camps or you did other things like there are things that wouldn't have reunions where there are people that'd be interested in being like hey what are you up to now um bad app says uh lmafo do you pronounce that word or you say the letter i just say lmaf oh i say laughing my effing i I don't know i think i would just say what's the correct thing to do here cool hip person uh Uh, i am not cool anyways bad app doesn't know who brett cooper is only that you both have the same name and apparently she's a quote smoke show (laughs) i'm no cheater okay well thank you for thank you i feel so much i feel so much more reaffirmed and comfortable in my showhood here yeah but then after this there's a bunch of like Brett Cooper, Brett Cooper's great. Brett Cooper has an awesome personality. You know what? Brett has an awesome personality. Brett Dasovich. That's right. Uh, okay, and then, I don't know if we need to say the first part of that. Um, uh, you know, uh, bad app likes Garth Brooks. Yes, I'm we'll, good we'll say with the that. Rest of that. Look, uh, also like, um, does anybody ever like laugh at how like all the country songs from like right after nine eleven that were just very clearly propaganda? Or, like, there have been different, like, after Haiti had the earthquake and they made some album. Uh, like- yeah, no, so not just, I talked about that the other day. I said, so not only did, like, that was, like, the dying bastion of our media is, like, we are the world. Yeah. Everyone got around to we are the world, even though it was cheesy, and but everyone understood, stands now that all of the people that sing that song are all vain and egotistical and they don't actually care. Yeah. Like, uh, Canada had their own version for, for Haiti. Um, what? Like, yeah, they they're had, too good for that one where all the rest they, of us are in. They, they had their own version. Uh, uh, was it? Uh, I forget the name of the song, but like they had their own version. Where they got all Canadian artists to get together and sing and sing one. Uh, okay. Oh, it's called "Waving we, we Flag." We love some nationalism. Good waving times. Waving Flag was the name of the song by Canon. Uh, uh, so it's like they did their own version, and then all for Haiti. But it's all like that was the original virtue signal. Mm-hmm. A huge bunch of rich celebrities donating their time for an afternoon. So they can seem really, really like like they're important, and they hold the headphone with one ear because it's not they're cool like to yeah, yeah. So uh, vain, self entitled. That's the world we lived in at that time. But that's not important. I get that. Like sometimes there are things that people feel like they want to do something and they don't know what to do. But yeah. like, mm, I don't know. And he's like, I don't want to donate to charity because if I donate to charity, do I know the money's actually going to where it needs to go? That's hard. But you do want to do something. All right, uh, Hannah Claire. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, Brett. And to guys, all of you in the chat, it has been so fun to be with you today. And uh, I really, guys, hop a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year if I don't see you before then. We see Merry Christmas here. We're, there is no war on Christmas here at TimCast Media. If you're celebrating something else, I hope that's good too. Exactly. But uh, because I celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas to you guys. Let um, everyone know where they can find you. Okay. You can find me on Instagram at hannahclaire.b. You can find me on Twitter at 
H.C. Brimelow. Uh, you can find me on TimCast.com. Click on the Read tab. You can see all the articles that I'm doing, our journalists are doing. Uh, Shane Cashman's got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, you should, I know I already said this, but you should follow TimCast News if you're on Twitter. All of our stuff comes up there, and we're getting so close to 40,000 subscribers. It would be cool to hit that before Christmas. And I can't think of anything else. But yeah, thanks again for having me. It's been a ball. Thank you. Guys, before we go, I just want to thank you all again for joining us today. Again, it means the world to me that you come out, hang out every day, join us for this show. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Happy holidays if you celebrate something else. If you could, like this video, leave comments on this video, subscribe to this channel if you are not already. Uh, help the show grow. It is an honor to be here and do this with you guys. Um, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram, at Brett Dasovic. For the show, we are here Monday through Friday, most weeks. We will not be on air tomorrow. We are taking the day off tomorrow and Monday for the holidays. But normally, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. We are also on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. If you'd like to listen to the podcast rather than watch. If you'd like to follow the show on social media, we are on Twitter, at pop culture underscore show Facebook and TikTok at pop culture crisis and on Instagram at pop culture crisis pod we will be back with another episode on Tuesday we'll see you then guys later bye